Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis. Again, I feel like I haven't been here for a while, and I'm joined. By Lou Goen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? And that'll be because it's been a whole week since we've done this. Oh, my God. Because you weren't there for SmackDown. You don't do NXT because, as you always It's a Mark show. It's for filthy marks. Mm. Um, And you went on the magazine show because me and Pete had to record it early due to issues. And then you weren't on the Fighter Fest episode yesterday because, again, that's for filthy marks. Oh, no, no, no. I... Oh, I liked it. Well, I know, but you, people are saying now that you're becoming the Brock Lesnar of WrestleTalk. <laughs> you, you only appear for the big shows. You're only there for Raw. You don't want to be... You're like almost like Seth Rollins. You don't want to be on SmackDown either. You just want to be on Raw and not doing any of these filthy Mark shows. I like I like that perception, especially because it takes longer to write and produce the pre-edited green screen version of my AEW review that went up yesterday. But Ollie, you just hate wrestling. <sighs> and you hate Mars. It's getting that way. <laughs> I'm, uh, and to, well, to, to, to further this even more, I am on holiday for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yes, you here are. Here and there. So, do, do you go Friday? Well, I, I'm, I'm here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm at a wedding. That's in a right. Field. Because I said, I think it was on the magazine <clears throat> outro. I said, um, hey, but don't worry, guys. Me and Ollie will be doing another magazine show next week. Like, we should have a full week of a back to normal schedule. And it looks like I actually told a bit of a filthy lie because you're not going to be there for us to do the record. So it'll probably be me and Pete again. They're used to false advertising with WWE. I think we should do it more. I think we should just say, I'm on every show. But I don't always turn up. And that's for kayfabe reasons. What we should do, really, is we should always tease that Adam Pacitti is going to show up. Mm. Because, hey, you don't know. You don't know. He's not going to be here. Just watch. And he may show up. Yeah. And then eventually, I suppose, do we have to pay off on that? I suppose well, some, I would some like point my they, jacket back. At some point, they've got to pay off on Brock with the briefcase, mm. right? Well. <laughs> he'll go back to UFC. This is the one time he'll now go back to UFC. Yeah. Now he's got his briefcase. Oh, yeah, but I'm back on Monday. Then I'm off for a week mm. in a Greek island 
that isn't based around a uh, a sort of strip of bars, mm. which yeah or is a news collapse is news to me. I thought that was the only things they had going: financial collapse mm-hmm. and places for eighteen-year-olds to go and get drunk. Yes, they just finished their A levels mm. and they're off to do a a fishbowl or something along those lines. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I know. I've seen the in-betweeners. Um, I've been on some of those holidays. I, I know. There was a very famous video of you on one of those holidays mm. being punched right in the goddamn face. But we went on a bar crawl of one of those, and I've got to say, it's too far. In what sense? Well, The I, bar crawl's too far, or it's too far to go for a bar crawl? Too, too far in the in the, in depravity. You know how right, you get those okay. those sort of sensationalist, yeah, 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 sensationalist tabloid articles about oh this girl had, you know, everyone jogged on her, mm-hmm. everyone jogged all over her yep. at this thing, and look at these shocking images that have come out. Look at the state of their trainers. I just thought that was outrage journalism stuff. After going to these places and accidentally ending up on one and just standing at the side feeling very awkward and then leaving. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, um, when we were in Peru, me and uh, Mickey, Mickey Love, as I've now started to call him, because I've been re-watching The League of Gentlemen recently, and I completely forgot that was a thing. So now every time I see him, I'm just like, you're right there, Mickey Love. Got your pens. Does he love it? He said he got a lot of it at university, so I feel like I'm bringing it back. It's like nostalgia yeah. for him. Um, but me and Mickey Love, we uh, went, it, just the two of us were left, because my wife and my sister-in-law had gone to bed, and we were like, we, uh, let's go find a rock club. Oh my God, let's go broke back mountain, Let's didn't go you? find a rock bar. Yeah. So we did a little Google, rock bar Peru, found one. And I was like, and it's only like a five minute walk away. Brilliant. This is good. Bearing in mind, we were pretty steaming by this point because we had gone on a walking tour of Lima and at the end of it, they had a Pisco tasting uh, session. Uh. And you know Pisco quite well now. You've been quite uh, acquainted to it uh, if you've listened to Ramble Club. Should we push Ramble Club? Well, I feel like we should. It's the best episode we've ever it, recorded. It was. <laughs> so on Friday afternoon, as we are wont to do, it's R- Ramble Club, for everyone who doesn't know, is the Patreon-exclusive $10 tier monthly podcast. And it's where... Me, Luke, and Laurie just chat. Yeah. And usually there's about a 90-minute time limit. Uh, this one was what? Three hours. Three hours. And five minutes. And f- really? Yeah. Uh, because Luke brought back this Peruvian spirit called Pisco. It's down there. And I said, like, Luke wanted to do a nice thing. Let's all take a sip. Let's see what it tastes like. Went, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, we, well, we were going to make Pisco Sours, which is the national drink of Peru, mm. but then realised we didn't have ice and or a shaker, and then we're like, well, we'll just drink it neat then. Or a goat to provide goat milk, I presume. Is that a thing in Peru? Uh, egg, egg whites you need. A lot of goats. But the egg whites should have been within the mix, like the, the sachet mix that we had. Powdered. Hmm. So... I said, what would be more fun if we play a game where if any of us says each other's first names, you have to do a shot. Yes, which and I was against at first, but I I did concede about an hour and ten minutes in. That was a very good idea. Well, because wasn't like nothing happened for an hour. No, I, I, well, I was actually re-listening <coughs> to it back. I was the first to fall at the 40-minute mark. <sighs> you got him, got him far. Yeah, and then Laurie fell about ten minutes later. And then 
Cocky Ollie over here was just like, just pass me here because I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to lose this game. I said, I, yeah, I want to try a bit of the Pisco. Yeah. I might as well try it voluntarily because you're not going to yeah. penalise me, Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I effectively lost within seconds. Yeah. And, uh, that, and that was a downward spiral for you then because it felt like it was every three or four minutes you were saying someone else's name. Yeah. And the, the, the beauty of the game is that it's harder to keep track of the more you drink. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying names, forgetting the rules. Yeah. But I think we all did. Yeah. And we all got we all got a bit merry. Yeah. Got back quite late yeah. on Friday. Yeah. I was told off. I was in trouble. Oh, yeah. 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 I felt yeah. like I was in trouble a little bit as well. But anyway, you can go and listen to that absolute train wreck of a show. <laughs> but we all said afterwards... Quite confidently. Well, that was the best thing we've ever recorded. I'm pretty sure it is. My uh, my wife has listened to it and has said at times it's unlistenable. But what? But yeah, because she's like, this is where my husband was instead instead of spending time with me. She didn't have that emotionally charged resentment. Exactly, because every now and again the podcast would just devolve into. <laughs> and then it's just that, or a lot of. Hey, it's De Niro! Uh, well, I thought it was tremendously fun, I but I haven't listened well. to it back. And we did karaoke. Mm. Um, but anyway, so we had this Pisco tasting yes. session in Lima. Then we found a, uh, a fancy bar that was like all these sort of Pisco cocktails. And we we're like, well, let's go in there. Now, bearing in mind, an average meal, so that's four, you know, four main dishes for the four of us, and, well, well you know, each. Not four each, but, you know, one each. And drinks. Would probably cost us around 60, 70 solace, 70, 80 solace, maybe. What is a solace? Solace, there's uh, one solace is about 25p. So it sounds, uh, it sounds like you're buying time by yourself. I wish I could have a solace. <laughs> That's three solaces. So an average meal, I would say we probably spend about 70 solace. We bought one round of drinks in this place, and it cost us 100 solace because they were Ooh, very, very fancy cocktails. Touristy. But that started a very downward uh, spiral for us of just drinking. We went back to our hostel, and we were ordering drinks. And if you ordered a bottled beer, they would be like, oh, hey, if you get the bottle cap, and we've got a little, uh, we've got an ice bucket on top of the fridge. If you get into that, you get a free round of shots. Turns out I'm very good at this game. Oh, no. Because I sunk every one of them. So every time I get it, I was like, bump, round of shots, bump, round of shots, bump, round of shots. Proper hostel type thing. I actually, you haven't seen this, but I came back with uh, the hostel bands. But you have to like show to say that I was staying at this hostel. I was, a, I was like a walking cliche when I came back from uh, Peru. As in like, I'm a backpack traveler now. I've got my little bands on. I've got a tattoo from the adventure. Your STDs. And my STDs and all that. So anyway, we're looking for this rock club. Long story short. We're looking for this, wrong, uh, this rock club. This ronk club. And we walk down towards it, and all of a sudden these two guys well, it sort of like start walking towards us, these two sort of bouncers. And uh, they were like, oh, what, what, what are you looking for? Because we were like looking around. We're like, I said, well, it should be around here. And I can't remember what it's Let's say it's called Phoenix Club. I know it wasn't called Phoenix Club, but I was like, ah, oh, uh, we're looking for Phoenix Club. It was like, ah, oh, Phoenix Club, yes, 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 come, come. I try and drag us towards it. And as we were walking towards it, we just saw a big sign that said, girls, girls, girls. Oh, yeah. And Mickey, <laughs> Mickey Love said in the most disheartened voice I've ever heard in my life oh it's a titty bar <laughs> and I was like that's not a rock it's a was, rock hard club and I was like oh you're right and but the guys looked at us with these big beams and I was like see see titty bar and we were like mm, that's not really what we wanted so we went to an Irish pub instead and watched a live band sure you did <laughs> wink
Yeah, because because your wife listens to the show, and we did go to an Irish bar and watch some live music, and it was very nice. Mm, we had yeah. we had one other drink, and they were like, "Actually, I'm quite tired. I want to go to bed." Yeah, good anyway, story. Anyway, let's get into the main show. We're now talking about it's the uh, first episode of the Paul Heyman era of Raw. Hey, man! But is it? We don't know. Let's find out. Here's the show. Super chats in to Randy Andy Datsun from WrestleTalk.com. We'll be manning those. Who we'll get to wearing, them in the break. Who is wearing a lovely shirt, might I? Do you like it? I genuinely yeah. do. It's really my, nice, mate. My mum got it for me for my birthday, which was on Sunday. Yeah. It's very pastely. Yeah. Mm. Happy birthday, Andy. Oh, I I, why are you mentioning that? Hey, man. <laughs> you, that's really tickled you, hasn't it? That's, that's tickled you pink. I, th- I, th- I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was just getting into the topic at hand. Yeah. Hey, man, is what we're talking about. So what you're saying now is because the Street Profits aren't on that show for filthy marks, they're at, you can actually be interested in them now. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm glad that... Because <laughs> I, I, you know, I wanted to check them out, but I thought, oh, the NXT stench, don't want to really touch it. But now, main roster, great track record with oh, NXT yeah. call-ups. Where the good stars go. This is going to be the three-dimensional, non-gimmicky execution of their characters, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Mm-hmm. Spe- the only problem is they've got those silly little tag team belts. <laughs> Little fake belts they've got. I'm being facetious. So, what's happened is Paul Heyman is now in control backstage. Not fully, Mm. but the idea is over the next few weeks, he's going to be leading the creative direction of Raw. Now, you'd think, oh, so he's going to be an authority figure. No, because Paul Heyman has apparently explicitly said he thinks the authority figure role is played out a long time ago, which, which suggests to me that the McMahons were like, Please be an authority figure. Oh, yeah. Just after they said no more authority figures. Not that they've stuck to that anyway. No. And although Meltzer and PW Insider have all reported this wasn't the full version of Heyman in control, the, the like there are undeniable fingerprints of his creative input on this on this episode yeah absolutely Taz um, you know who worked with Heyman back in ECW said that this feels like a Heyman show WrestleTalk superfan Lance Storm uh, also <laughs> said that um he felt that his fingerprints were all over the show as well. He urged, he urged. that idea didn't he? <laughs> Shh, don't say the word. Have we written an article on that <laughs> that thought? Uh, no not, not, not yet I can no. do one afterwards yeah. though if you like. I urge you to, to, to write that <laughs> Um, and yeah, so the Mike Johnson of PW Insider is saying that the Heyman's not in charge yet. His ideas and his uh, storylines are going to be implemented slowly over the next couple of weeks. And that's kind of in line, I suppose, with what Meltzer was saying, which is that it's not 100% his show yet, but he his influence has grown from this episode to last week. And then Wade Keller of PW Torch is reporting that Heyman was sat next to Vince the entire show and there was no sort of animosity or like bad blood between them. Yet. Yet. That's the key to it. <laughs> so the sort of the consistent thing I've noticed uh, across all the reports about this, and this is what most people are saying, I think this is even what Sports Illustrated said at the time as well when they reported it, when they were, when they were given the information by WWE, um, that it probably won't be until after Extreme Rules that we feel the sort of full effect because mm. we're in a pay-per-view cycle at the moment so you want to kind of like finish up the pay-per-view cycle before you start anything anew. Well, it's weird you bring that up because I felt like the main storyline really on Raw's end 
for that pay-per-view, which is Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans, felt like someone took over the show and they're like, ah, but there's this big thing that we need to, like, don't really want to do anything with it. Ah, oh, just have it ticking along in the background. I mean, but that just sounds like Vince, though, doesn't it? Like, Vince Vince does start a storyline, and then it's like, oh, God, we've got this awful thing that I don't really want to do anymore, but I've got to do something with it. Not when it's his faves. Like, they're, mm. they're usually, like, Roman very, Reigns, yeah, yeah. you can't say he That's got bored of true. Roman Reigns. <laughs> uh, so we're going to kick off with how Raw opened, which was... Just an incredible opening. Yeah, really this was. was a, a, I can't think of anything better they could have done for this segment. So Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley came out to kick off the show. And at this point, you know, it's raw as usual. There's nothing Well, you say this raw as usual, it. but we didn't have a 20-minute promo to, to kick the show off. So actually, this felt like a refreshing change of pace. Yeah, and also this was just one fall to the match. And it was an actual match rather than some stupid feat of strength. Yes. So this was different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, Bobby yeah. Lashley and Braun Strowman have had this weird feud going on for ages that doesn't mean anything, based around arm wrestling contests and tugs of war. Tugs of experience. <laughs> tugs of raiders. And here we have the the, the, the Fool's Count that was a Anywhere YouTube comment match. last week that really made me laugh. Mm-hmm. That was a YouTube comment last week that oh. really made me laugh. <laughs> uh, now we have a Fool's Count Anywhere match. And they start, you know, right away, brawling through the crowd. And I was like, okay, this is quite a fun, hot way to start Raw. Uh, I guess this is kind of their answer to what AEW did with Fighter Fest over the weekend. That was a very hardcore show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they brawl onto the stage. There's this suplex on Strowman, I believe. It yes, was Lashley on, on, who delivered it. Yeah, yeah. And that's you know that's a big spot, especially for a guy like like for Strowman to take. And I thought, wow, that, you know, that's pretty big. Little did I know. Strowman was about to tackle Bobby Lashley through the middle LED? LCD. Well, I said LCD in my script, and apparently that's wrong. Was it an LED board? I think it might be. I don't care. It's an L something. It doesn't really matter. The the, the technique, the techno stuff behind them. He spears them. he, He tackles Lashley through that. All of the set cuts out. It explodes. Yeah, so the, the fireworks. It's where all the pyro's been hidden. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, the, I I wouldn't change it, but it it wasn't like if it went three explosions longer, that would have been stupid. Like <laughs> like a police academy or Austin Powers spoof level of yeah, an explosion because yeah. it was going poof, 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 for ages. And then, <laughs> so as soon as this happens, Corey Graves has obviously been given the okay. We want you to say this because this is a new edgier tone. So they go through. There's a bit of silence. Renee Young says something irrelevant. (laughs) And and Corey just goes, holy S word. Yeah. Like he was like waiting to say it. But it was, you know, they went through. And rather than just, you know, Strowman getting up and tipping over an ambulance, it genuinely felt chaotic and real because they just cut to this camera shot from backstage. Oh, that's interesting because that was the bit that I didn't like about it, to be huh. honest. Because that made me feel like, well, why was a camera there? Because like that, a camera has been placed there specifically to record this one bit. And I felt it would have been more chaotic if it was all more handheld. Well, no, I, I think there's justification to this because if, if you're broadcasting this live, you're just like, um, just cut to whatever camera. And you, you'll probably on the production truck have a camera in that position backstage. On the swing. So you can tell when... Well, that wasn't the swing camera. It would probably just be a camera to say, yep, 
Finn Balor is standing there in Gorilla. Mm. Let's hit the music and we can see him go out. So I, I, that to me felt like, and it was high, it was positioned high up, almost like a security camera. Yeah, yeah. And I did write my thesis on this. Security <laughs> camera aesthetics naturally lend themselves towards me more realistic uh, feels because, you know, it's just like how the Blair Witch shaky cam footage, that weirdly, that the complete opposite of a static camera also feels more real because you have less stylistic elements to it. And it was just, it went on for ages. There was no commentary team. They held for about three minutes on this shot. Just of the carnage. Yeah. And it was like, and it did feel like they went on for ages. Because actually, like, when they went through, the crowd exploded. The crowd exploded as loudly as the pyro did. They absolutely popped massive for it. Holy yes, we're chance. This is awesome. But I, I, the other thing I would say about this, I didn't like the camera. The crowd did get bored of it quite quickly. Because then they just started doing 10 chants. And well, like counting to 10. And then I was like, oh, no, the crowd really... They were they popped for it big, but they'd, they'd wait for something else now. I don't think that's too bad. That like, yeah, that was annoying and did but, undermine it a bit. But then they almost got back into the reaction they mm. were supposed to have had. So they had their little moment where they were like ready for the next thing now. And then when they weren't given the next thing, they were like, actually, no, we're maybe this is a bit more serious and we're back to a more subdued reaction again. Well, I I blame WWE even for that because that's that's their fault for conditioning the crowd for years and years and years that nothing means anything. Mm -hmm. If they were investing in these guys, they wouldn't, after a bit, start start counting to 10. Yeah. You're right. Um, but I, I just thought the whole execution, production of this, when they come back after break, they wheel Braun and, and uh, Lashley to, to ambulances... They even said hospital. Did, I see. I missed this. I, only, I only heard local medical facility. It wasn't here. I don't think it was later on because they replayed the heckings. They really built this up. All of a sudden, this has felt like the biggest storyline in WWE. This feud that, as you say, was like it was done for Super Showdown and then was forgotten about for two weeks and then came back for arm wrestling and tugs of war. Mm. And now all of a sudden, it's just like we've really got to take this seriously because these are two big behemoths and. We're, they're now the most important commodity within this brand. Yeah. And I don't think it's a coincidence that when Heyman has, I don't know, 40, 50, 60% influence backstage now, he's not fully in that role. But the very first segment, we see an iconic part of WWE, that raw set that has been in place for almost a decade and is stagnant and, and bored of it and it's always the same. Two big guys do a big spot move through it effectively and, yeah. it's it's just like this is the ecw championship like eastern championship wrestling with shane douglas just before the extreme version launched paul Heyman booked that for him to the nwa title yeah yeah to, to chuck it in the bin and and stamp on it and then he relaunched a new thing off the back of that so this is very Heyman, and I, the report suggests that We'll be getting a new set next week. From the very reliable WrestleVotes are saying that we are getting a new set. He didn't say... they didn't. Sorry, I said they hear you. We don't know who it is. Mm. They didn't say that it's next week, but they were like, they were working on a brand new set for Raw. This might actually be a way to kind of like fast forward these plans. I, and I think that's genius. Yeah. yeah I, I loved it. As we were saying um, when we did our Ramble Club podcast, because that's the only time we've really had a chance to sit down and talk about the the Heyman Bischoff situation on uh, on camera or at least in an audio format where we were talking about like my dream for this my optimistic dream is that both shows are just feel different and they're presented differently so that Raw feels like a completely different show different sets different the way the cameras are set up and I think with Heyman and Bischoff 
you could in theory get that because the two of them have got such wildly different ways of doing wrestling that they should feel like incredibly different products. Yeah. It's it this this whole show had its problems, but all of I would say not all of it. It's a three-hour show. But the vast majority of it was entertaining. I loved the first hour. <clears throat> Absolutely loved the first hour. And this hour. opening was excellent. Yeah. You know, like, there's almost an argument that if you did this at the end of the show, there's something about that main event slot, you know. It could it could have been a sort of Nexus-level angle. I want to go that not, far. I know, Come not, on now. <laughs> but if, if you have that as your big, big cliffhanger, the, the set's been destroyed... That, and, and it feels like the start of something new. Just if, if you were to do it like at the end of a show, I would think you'd have to do more of the set destruction than yes. just like one of the panels. You're right, you're right. You'd yeah. have to like, you know, the Titan Tron would have to fall or something. Maybe with the Undisputed Era coming out and ripping up bits. <laughs> Fantasy booking. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's say thank you more specifically to our $25 above Patreons. Mm, yes. Pledgehammers. So thank you, Paulie Dangerously German. Whoa, Here's your nice. cheap pop. Woo! Oh, actually, do you want to do the next one? Oh, and uh, after that, we've got the the barman, the bartender, uh, as some people call him, the bartender, Ben Barman. When? <laughs> Interesting. The bartender, you've, Ben Barman. You've, you've actually spelled it wrong here, anyway. 
Yes, I have. Cool. <laughs> Uh, the $100 man, C.D. Horver. Woo! Yeah, nice. El siguiente top model de Gran Bretaña, Phil Stopfer. Phil, oh, stop, Phil. The Castle Run, DX Solo. Nice. Yeah. Classic. The one. Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Way, Dan. We love Dan. The event known as Chris Anderson to decide the best in the world. Nice. Ben, hey now, you're a rock star. Hey Lee. Yay! He's no jackass. Dano! The Beast Brock Taylor! That was a sneaky roll in our Supernova Steve Harris. Yes, Yes. And lastly, for this show, Wrestle Talk's personal ring announcer, Rodrigo Benitez! Time to do some super chats. We'll do the, the rest of the time to do some super chats. And as we often do, we're starting with Tim Arndt from Australia, who says, When Maria said that she'll ask Becky to impregnate her, my immediate thought was of Dolph screaming, It should have been me. <laughs> well, get on to this angle. It's. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they're glad they resigned. Oh, yeah. Five years is pretty quick, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> but plenty of time to rebuild. Everything. Yeah. Start a stable with Jinder Mahal, who's just resigned too. Uh, Jobber JJ, who's Ollie Davis' number one fan, says After yesterday's news, I have a few questions. Do you really think Khan knows what he's getting involved in? Does he know what the wrestlers want? So, this is in relation to him saying that the TV will be not, not hardcore like that. Is that the news? Because there was a couple of things that Khan said yesterday. Like, I, uh, they might be talking about the intergender wrestling mm-hmm. comments that he made. Um, but a few people tried to clarify this in the comments yesterday on the Fight Fest review, which we did say in the episodes when we were doing the review, is that yet t- TV won't feel as hardcore as this, but pay-per-views might still do and probably will still do. So, yeah, I don't think that, that the two are very different. Plus, I think Khan in that interview was definitely working. Yeah. Like, he's... He, he's he's pretending that he hasn't signed off on every single thing. Like the, they just went out there and did that. Uh, yeah, I yeah I think it's a, quite a good work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Japanese name says Bret Hart once said he didn't like the WCW ring in terms of sound and appearance. What company has the best ring and why? AW, ECW, NXT, New Japan, WWE. Ooh, good well, question. Yeah, I mean, I I obviously WWE I'm so comfortable with because that's most recognisable and it's weird seeing smaller rings because mm. most of them are in the UK but I love New Japan's ring just because it's got the the different branding it feels like it's a sports uh, more of a sports based product but I know it sucked to perform in gotta give some love to the six sided ring six sided ring and impact mm. Billy Gunn may have hated it but I kind of liked it yeah. it was yeah the um I think it was Jericho who said that when he went from the WCW ring to the WWE it was like oh, it's like wrestling on clouds because the the ring used to be hard as a rock. It used to be like a you know a slab of rock was basically what they were taking back bumps on until Vince McMahon started wrestling. He was like, a bit hard this. We need, to, we need to soften this up, I think. Um, Jobber JJ is back in to say, Khan wants a sports-based product. What do the four executives want? Is Khan being worked? Oh, right. He's, he's clarified his original mm. point, mm. I see. Um, I mean, Khan's not being worked. Uh, at all but I do I, I think it's interesting we said this in the Fighter Fest review as well that Khan has said that he you know and it was like this sports centric product but actually these two shows have not felt very sports centric 
No. I get, when he says sports centric, I, I maybe he just means wins and losses matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they certainly do. They they feel very important in AEW. I was going to say all the people that won on on Fighter Fest are all the people that have got big matches at Fight for the Fallen. Yeah. Vernon Jeffrey says Avroge, but Paul is making the show better. Yeah, I uh, I I liked uh, Raw to a degree. I I thought the first hour was very good. I could, but I felt like it dipped off for sort of like the midpoint. There was no Firefly fun. No one's. Tweeted me about uh, people in the background. There was someone in the background. Um, was a bird raptor was behind the Miz. Okay. Um, so, uh, oh yes, you'll get a lot of comments on that on your oh, video great. today because you didn't mention it. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I thought it was it was better than last week's show. Oh, much better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you go. There's there's your praise. Uh, Japanese name back in with speaking of pregnancy announcements from out of nowhere. What is the most exotic food you have had, and what did it taste like? <laughs> that is a. Uh, Mean Charlie Caruso level segue. <laughs> yeah. The most exotic food I've ever had. I don't even know. Yeah. It's a weird one off the top Mango. of my head. Mango. What? <laughs> I've, uh, I've had k- kangaroo and crocodile. Oh, yeah. Weird. I've had like a crocodile burger. Mm. Just tasted like a normal burger, really. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Um, Jonathan Hedman, uh, one of our pledge hammers, says, I won't get to stay for the full show as I'm going to be far from home. Um, but I really like enjoyed Spider-Man. most of Raw, except for the closing angle, getting the Kevin Dunn zooms. Have a great show. Yeah, the Kevin Dunn zooms are... Um, I mean, maybe that's something that will go with Heyman. Like, with Heyman taking over, he'll be like, God, I've got to get rid of those zooms. Mm. But maybe that's just like a Vince thing that will never leave. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's zoom annoying. in, pal. Everett Lewis says, It may have been a good show on TV, but it was dreadful live. No wrestling and bad promos during breaks and too many backstage segments really hurt the live momentum. The wife and I were bored to tears. Oh, I've read the opposite. I've I've read the only live reports I've read. They all very much enjoyed it. One guy in particular on Reddit said he's been to loads of Raws and they've been so disappointing over the last couple of years. Mm. Because it was in Dallas, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but this he said this one was the most fun by a long, long way. Mm, so interesting. Um we'll do three more for now. Crazy Lewis says, Hi Andy dear, have you read the email I sent you? I have, Lewis, and I will be getting back to you. Uh he wants to write for the site, so that'd oh, be very exciting. Right. Um Anthony Eng says, How would you feel if WWE added a new type of match that had rounds similar to what MMA have to work around not wrestling during commercials? I mean, we say like MMA, but really what we're all thinking is the Impact Grand Championship. That's what we're all striving towards is the effort for rounds. I was thinking about this, but then they'd all mostly be the same. Like, I guess, you know, you'd have one person win both, both rounds. So two rounds rather out of three for a quick finish. Well, then we may as well just have nothing but two out of three falls matches. Yeah, I'd f- maybe that's the way. And then if if this is going to be a thing, yeah, three round best of three round matches, and there's also that like the pay per view is where you get to see a full match. Well, this is Pete was joking about this on SmackDown last week in the SmackDown review. He said that we're getting to a point now where WWE are going to be promoting singles matches as big attractions, being like one fall to a finish. This is it now. We're champ for it's already over for one fall. One fall, <laughs> finally. I know we were sort of banging the drum that the wrestling in ad breaks was killing a lot of the momentum of Raw and SmackDown, but this is way worse. I we'll get onto that. But if you're doing rounds, who decides who wins? Judges. 
Who's the judge? We'll have a ju- we'll have a panel of legends. Okay, they've they got enough of them under contract. Chuck Norris, like in Dodgeball. Um, and the last one is R. J. Calmerin, who says, "Will Roman turn heel in this Heyman Bischoff era?" Where's he been? Was he on last week's SmackDown? No, of course he wasn't. This is show for SmackDown. So, uh, Randy's got a good stat. The about stats this. were he's been on prior to this week's Raw. He'd been on seven of the last episodes of Raw. So sorry, seven of the last eight episodes of Raw and only four of the last eight of SmackDown, despite being a SmackDown star. Yeah, he doesn't Wild show SmackDown. No. That's a show for jokes and losers. Todd Phillips has to open the show being like, I'm so sorry, guys, but there won't be many Raw stars on tonight's show. You're going to have to make do with these jabronis mm-hmm. instead. This is my yard now. <laughs> Cut just half the time. It's my be- it's more it's more of my beach house where I'm going to come <laughs> when a, I've got some time off. It's his allotment. Yeah. He just wants to go there to think. It's a hobby. Yeah. Um, right, so the actual episode of Raw itself. I've written right at the start, before it even began the episode. Ugh, my brain feels so weird going from AEW to WWE. Because I was like, I love wrestling. I'd like 100% love wrestling again. And then I was sat down to, okay, well, let's get through three hours of Raw. And then they kicked off right away with this excellent opening segment, but not before a little rundown of what's coming up later on the show. We've got this match, we've got that match. And then they didn't even verbally say it, but there was like a two-second shot of the Street Profits. I must have missed this. I, 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 when they came in for the interview, I was like, Mean Charlie's backstage with the Street Profits? I, it was weird. It seemed like they were just shown by mistake. Mm. But they were like, they were posing like characters it's not like they were just seen backstage control chaos it's all by design yeah well then we got the opening very genuinely chaotic uh segment and then after that the first match well second match was the viking raiders versus the new day yes to set up a six man because which is the standard way of doing these matches now is you have a match to set up another match Mm. They, they, they started for like three minutes and then samoa joe jumped xavier woods that shot of Samoa Joe jumping Xavier Woods outside also looked like a production change. The out, the background was out of focus, mm. and the, and usually WWE use a very deep depth of field, meaning everything's in focus. So that and it look, it makes it look more cinematic. So and that's also what AEW have been doing a lot with those Moxley videos when he walks down the. But we'll we'll see. Uh, but yeah, this Samoa Joe attacks Xavier Woods. Matches restarted as a six man with Kofi out there too. Yeah, Kofi ran down to make the save because they're building up the fact that we're getting uh, Kofi versus Joe at Extreme Rules, which Corey said could be a ladder match. Why? He just said my backstage sources are telling me ah, okay. that it, it could be a ladder match, and Renee and Cole were just saying like, why? And who told you this? He's like, I'm not going to reveal my sources. But that, that, those are the words I'm hearing on the grapevine. I wish that was more of Corey's character. It was for a bit. Yeah, with the whole uh, Jason Jordan, Jordan reveal. Thing. Exactly, yeah. It was like, I'm looking at my phone, I've got to go. And who was attacking Enzo Amore? I forgot And it was that. Big Cass. Oh, yeah. And, but he was also right. getting big. It was him, wasn't it? Yeah. God. Yeah, no, but, but so we could be getting a Kofi Joe ladder match at um, Extreme Rules. And the end of this match was Joe choking out Kofi. And for me, that would be a really big deal had Dolph not pinned him yeah. on Tuesday SmackDown. Yeah, another victim of the two out of three fools nonsense. Because this would have been his first 
in-ring defeat since WrestleMania. March the 19th. That, there you go, March 19th. So that really would have been like, oh my God, Kofi's like not been pinned or submitted for months. And then there comes this ruthless guy who just choked him out in the middle of the ring. Now what's he going to do at Extreme Rules? Only I'm sitting there going like, yeah, but that joke beat him last week. So it was all about him. Yeah, it's a, it's, it should have been it me. Should've... It should have been Joe. But because you, you could, yeah, it would be much nicer to just say this was Kofi's first loss. But now you've got to almost qualify it in quite a contrived way. Oh, it's Kofi's first full loss <laughs> for a whole match in a one fall match. Yeah, in, in, in a pin, a pinning opportunity. Oh yes, that results in the overall loss rather than just. Yeah. Going on to the final he, stage. He had a W in the column Ooh. from SmackDown, but now he's got an L because he actually lost this one. Yeah. Uh, but I thought, you know, Samoa Joe has been terribly booked for ages. Probably since the Brock Lesnar feud. Yeah. But oh, and, and you like the ooh, Wendy stuff. Well, every so often I do. <laughs> like, and then they'll book the feud in reverse. I, say, I like the one match they had at Hell in a Cell. Yeah. had a really inventive finish. Uh, that played into nothing. It played into nothing. <laughs> But he's he's been even more terribly booked this year, especially with the US title nonsense. But Samoa Joe is so good and he's so intense that him choking out Xavier and him choking out Kofi here and just their interactions in the match anyway, I feel like this is a big time feud. It's just when they, just like Great Balls of Fire, they dropped Joe in this situation with Brock and it just took off. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. And... This is what's happened with Joe, I think. It was a really nice finish as well, where everyone's doing dives to the outside. Kofi's about to set up his dive. He's the last one of the baby faces. And Joe's just like, nope. nope. Kikina clutch, chokes him out. And I love these sorts of beat, beating of the champion because it's not in a singles match. So you can almost say, well, yeah, Kofi lost in this six man because everything, there was so much chaos around him. doesn't really work as well for Kofi because... He's got a lot of experience in six-man matches with the New Day, and really, they should overcome them anyway. But yeah, I, I thought this was really good and a really effective way to make me believe Joe as a contender. Yes, unlike agree. what they did with Ziggler, which was nothing. Where I never bought into it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I thought this was really, really good. Um, I, I was, a, I was a big, big fan of this. I'm a big fan of Samoa Joe, and I think in this Heyman era of Raw. Guys like Joe, Cesaro, we're going to see more of them because those are the kind of guys that Heyman likes because he likes people that feel like legit athletes. Bobby Lashley, I can, he's someone who's going to get a major push out of this Heyman era mm. because he really is a Paul Heyman kind of guy. Um, yeah, Joe, Joe is pretty much Taz, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Uh, then we got the comedy stuff, mm. I guess, which is not so much in Hey, hey Man's forte. But I liked this comedy yeah, stuff. I thought good. the comedy stuff this week was a, among the best they've done. I really enjoyed all the Drake Maverick stuff this week because he's married Jasmine from Aladdin, it seems. And they were walking backstage. And, it, and she was blindfolded and she had these big headphones on. And he's like, I've brought you to our hoodie mode. And then she takes it off and she's like, I can't believe you brought me backstage to Raw for our honeymoon. And uh, he's like, no, 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 it's it's to meet um, Dana Brooke. And Dana Brooke walks up. She's like, hey, I was like, no, I've got to take you past her now. Yeah. And it was all because Drake wants to win the 24-7 title, but she gave him the ultimatum. It's me or it's the title. And he chose her. He chose her because Truth walked up. Yeah. And it, was, it was just, it was really good comedy bef like between them all. And Truth was behind uh, Renee's, Renee being Drake's real life wife. 
uh, behind her back as they're hugging and just going, oh, I'm a romantic me. And yeah. he's been doing the heart signal. And it, this played on throughout the night. And yeah, I think it's really successful because they're focusing more on Drake Maverick. Yes. I'd love to know how much creative input Maverick has over this. I mean, he gave them his wedding yeah. to shoot an angle. Yeah. Uh, then we got the uh, one of the other night-long narrative threads beginning, which was AJ Styles putting over Ricochet backstage to the club after mm. their terrific match, terrific main event the previous week. Which would have been better without the uh, no-fall nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, the Brad break nonsense. Uh, and the club kind of like keep that thing going about how good they used to be or how good they could be. Uh, then we get No Way Jose... Kong Green down for a match against Cesaro. Drake Maverick and his wife Renee are in the front row. And R-Truth is part of this conga line. And he lays down on the barricade for Drake to pin him. But Drake can't do anything. (laughs) Can't do it. That was really good. And Cesaro is looking at all of this stupid nonsense happening around him. He's like, I've had enough of this. I'm just going to completely wipe this dude out, give him a neutralize on the floor. I'm going to walk away. Mm. Like a badass. He looked really badass. Oh, yeah. The only thing I would change here was just pin him as well. Just yeah. roll him in, pin him, and then F off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yet yeah, this was, you know, this was really good segment after really good segment. That's what I mean. I thought this first hour was excellent. <clears throat> really, really did. Uh, then we cut backstage, and there's Mean Charlie Caruso. Terrible segue. Uh, all the 24-7 titles always in demand. These new people are also in demand. <laughs> It's the Street Profits. Street Profits. So is this a Raw debut for them? Are they now on the main roster? Yeah, looks like it. Really? Ah, interesting. Not on Wikipedia. Well, oh yeah. Well, as, as we all know, yeah. that's the, really the fountain of all. And apparently it's not on WWE.com either, but... I thought they were being introduced as Raw's next editions. Or... I don't know, because... They didn't say specifically we're now up on the main roster, did they? Also, maybe it, maybe it's just like an internal thing. It'd be like, God, we've had enough NXT call-ups this year. We don't need more just of the them. The tag team. Champions. Also, yeah, the, ta- the, the tag team champions. Like, let's stop bringing up our champ, shall we? Um, but either way, I will say I've, I bloody love the Street Profits. I've gone on record many, many times as saying I think they're a fantastic tag team. I think Montez Ford is an absolute superstar who will be a future WWE champion. He's too good not to. Ryan Satin agreed with me, it turns out, because he said the exact same thing uh, last night. So if Ryan Satin thinks I'm right, then maybe we should all get on the Luco and Gravy train and be like Montez Ford for WWE champion. They're very charismatic. Um, and they were so charismatic, I didn't get an impending sense of dread. <laughs> you know, like usually when you see an NXT star... Come, well, especially in 2019, suddenly appear on Raw. Mm. Raw especially. You're like, oh my God, no. But with them, maybe it's because there was that flash shot of them right at the start when they were running down the intros. So my mind was already preparing myself. But yeah, that this was really good. I, but when... I just what? Why isn't it Buddy Murphy? <laughs> because he's on SmackDown. You... That, 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 that hasn't stopped anyone else. Well, maybe we're going to get a big Buddy Murphy push in the, the Bischoff era because we all know that he's all about young stars. Oh, he loves the cruiserweight as well, doesn't <laughs> he? He loves young and uppercomers. That's what Eric Bischoff's all about. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know if this is a call-up for the Street Profits. It didn't feel like a call-up for the Street Profits either. But I'm wondering if it's, it also feels like this kind of like, you know how you said it when they were at the start of the show, it felt like a, an error. 
I almost feel like a lot of the stuff they're doing at the moment, particularly like the Bray Wyatt stuff, it's for social media. It's for people to be mm. like, oh my God, I think the Street Profits are on Raw. So you get like the, the filthy marks that watch NXT, to directly quote you, to, um, to message their friends and be like, Street Profits are on Raw, you better tune in and watch. And try and get people more. So it's not actually a call up, it's just you're featuring them on TV just to try and like bring in a hardcore audience. Talking about the, the ideas of making stuff memes and traveling on social media, they even did that. They both did a cheesy thumbs up to the camera, a double thumbs up. That's a GIF right there. Yeah. Or a GIF. Tomato, tomato. Uh, after that, we got Not Renee Young interviewing The Miz backstage about his, you guessed it. Two out of three falls match with Elias. Well, they were recapping his last two out of three falls match with Elias that he lost. <laughs> and the Miz is like, oh, yeah, but I've heard that The Undertaker might be here. Ooh. Well, the actually, I did like this promo in the sense that he, they were essentially asking him, like, why have you still got beef with Shane? Because, we, as we all thought, that feud had been dropped mm. after Money in the Bank, where just Miz kept losing. And he was like, oh, I'm tired of fighting this idiot and losing all the time. But he actually made a very good point where he said, like, I created this best in the world monster. This is my fault. And I, I need to amend that. And that's a really good storyline reason outside of... To fight Elias. To fight... <laughs> fair point. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. fair point, yeah. I, I did expect Shane to be out with Elias, but then I thought, no, not, not, with the, uh, not on Raw. Because this has been going on for about three weeks now, uh, this Miz feuding with Shane when Shane doesn't really know he's feuding with him. Yeah. And I don't think it makes anyone look good. So, you, you But saying, I, I, I agree with that motivation. Yeah, I yeah. think that's very good. Are you saying that Miz is um, is TNA Impact where they thought they could go head-to-head with mm, Monday Night Raw? Yeah. Bischoff. That's Bischoff again, was Multiple it? successes in his career. <laughs> he's just got all the oh, successes. Such a stack CV. Running company after company after company into the ground. Celebrity wrestling. That was a Bischoff idea. Uh, after that, we got, speaking of Shane McMahon, Shane and Drew coming down to the ring. Mike Rome gives the big best in the world. Which I'm going to guess Vince didn't like. An introduction. Because the commentary just buried him for it. Buried Mike? Yeah, being like, oh, that was rubbish. We need to get Greg to do this all the time. Greg is better. Greg is better at it. Yeah, I love Greg Hamilton. Uh, but then, yeah, Shane just joked about how scared Roman must be. And Roman's nowhere again. And then Drew replayed footage of beating Shane, uh, sorry, beating Roman down. Then they're running down The Undertaker. Drew cuts just just a classic, solid wrestling promo about, I respect you, The Undertaker, you want to bet. So he's building up his opponent, and then he's like, but I'm better than you. Yeah. Got to be building to uh, Roman Drew at SummerSlam, right? No, oh, sorry. Um, God, God, can you imagine? Uh, Drew Undertaker at SummerSlam. Again, the trilogy. <laughs> the trilogy, imagine. The rubber match went. He's already won them all. <laughs> it's what 2019's been building to. Another Roman... No, uh, Drew versus Undertaker at some point. Yeah, time. that would be... That's a great use of The Undertaker. Drew winning as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, Drew so, could really do with it. So they're, they're calling out The Undertaker, and then the lights cut off, and it's the, it's the part of The Undertaker that always jumps the shark for me. Lightning. Lightning. Yeah, lightning the strikes. The court yeah. lights get dim. Supreme competition is about to begin. And uh, yeah, The Undertaker makes his very, very slow entrance to the ring. Which, again, I'd imagine if you're in the building or inspiring, but watching on TV, I'm like, let's get with it, mate. Yeah. I know, and, I know we've got three hours to fill. Oh, but don't worry. He had a completely fresh promo to, to yeah. deliver. 
I am the master of wayward souls. You have souls. I would like them. Thank you. Michelle, if you can hear me, please move my Sunday night appointment with the lads. And update my Instagram account. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, so that's what happened. Shane and Drew did a good job of standing in the crowd looking scared. Yeah. Uh, I'd like that um, Taker said that, because um, Shane's whole promo was like, Roman must be really scared. He's gone out to get The Undertaker, one of his fiercest, fiercest rivals of all time. He's gone and got The Undertaker. And The Undertaker came out to say that Roman didn't call me. I'm just here to put you in your place because you have souls. Yeah. I need them. Please, please, I got a problem. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! You know I'm good for it, Shane. Just give me one more soul. One more soul. One more soul. soul. Ask. Uh, after that, we got Baron Corbin. I said in my review, from one mid card vortex to another, <laughs> we got Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans backstage, and actually another production fresh, like freshen up of just how it was filmed. Lacey was doing a makeup or something in a mirror, and Baron was really actually quite coolly laying back and talking directly down the lens. Yeah. No interviewer, just those two. It was really nice presentation. Yeah. Terrible promos, but really nice presentation. Lacey in particular had a promo that was ba 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 extreme rules. Yeah. I yeah, I I I I remember enjoying Barons. I was like that's cool just cuz like be smarmy demeanor. But now I'm trying to remember a single thing he said. <laughs> I, can't. I can't. So you are right. But it's essentially Becky and Seth are rubbish. They're, they're bad for each other is the, is the key to it. They're not rubbish. They're just bad mm. for each other. Because Seth is all, Seth's a weak link. Becky's a weak link. Together they're the weakest link. Didn't Goodbye. Didn't Corbin also say something about Becky looking, catching Becky's eye backstage? Maybe I'm, I'm inventing this. Uh, you might have, <laughs> creating storylines in your head. Yeah. Someone's got it. Undertaker is still leaving as well. Yeah. They cut backstage. What's still... that all about? <laughs> so the Undertaker, the Undertaker had his promo, and I was like, right, okay, well, I'm going to I'm quit near to the load, and I'm going to make myself a cup of tea and some breakfast. And when I made myself a cup of tea and breakfast, came back, and Undertaker was leaving. I was like, it felt like he'd been leaving for ages because I'd left the TV for ages. So I was like, how long's he been here? I uh, yeah, I de- I again, I get that they're trying to make this all feel chaotic and haphazard, but I don't think that made Taker look good. <laughs> I just, it just, I cannot find the exit. Where it, do I yeah, go? Yeah, yeah, it's like Spinal Tap. Help, help. It's, anyone got a soul? <laughs> you help me out, man. It just made me ask too many questions. Uh, then we got Lacey Evans versus Natalia. I have three notes here. Becky and Seth are watching backstage. Baron trips Natty. Lacey wins. Mm, I mean, that's all you really need to know. Yep. Uh, I, I've got a bit more analysis that good job you're here Corbin and Lacey because I when Lacey wrestles a match there are actually a few spots here and there where I go huh I like that that's new there's one where I don't know what you call it when she's sort of lying on the ground and she flips herself back straight into a pin back in my backyard wrestling days my friend used to call that um, his uh, reverse rolling thunder yeah yeah, so her, she did a reverse rolling thunder. It was one of his signature moves. And I'd be like, oh, I like that. And she'll do something else. And go, oh, I like that. That's unique to you. That's exactly the same as I am with Corbin. Yeah. He'll do a move. And I'm like, oh, I like Deep Six. I like End of Days. I like the thing where you run around the turnbuckle. But that's it. Yeah. Like everything else for both of them 
drags yeah. in the match, but they've got these these cool bits. Uh, so it's it's weird how they both kind of fallen together. I guess it's because they're they they were pushed when they were too green because they because of their look. They were called up too early. Um, is so, that the so report got... with Vince that he thinks the Baron's really handsome and all the women lo- <laughs> and all the women love him and that's why he's getting pushed? It was a report that came out last week, right? Yeah, yeah. amazing. <laughs> well, and and he doesn't think Asian women are a thing. No, but <laughs> probably means I'd get a push in WWE. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Uh, so yeah, they've Lacey beat Natalia despite some interference from well, thanks to some interference from Corbin. I. I just this this is the right move. Yep. Lacey needs those wins. I prefer them to be clean. I just wish they did this in the yeah 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 yeah. But this is what they should have been doing in January, and they should have been giving Lacey these wins month after month rather than just her walking out spots. Well, that's where you're wrong, Ollie, because she did those walking out spots. Now she's fighting for the title for a third month in a row. So <sighs> who's right in this situation? I hold up my hands. <laughs> Uh, then we got Ricochet backstage, and Ricochet is just, you know, having a nice little chat with Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Not if mean Charlie Caruso has anything to say about it. <laughs> Do you want to come on our action figure podcast? It'd be yeah. really nice to have you on there. Charlie walks in. Sod off, you losers. <laughs> I want to talk nerd. to a star. Oh, God. Have you got tag belts? No, you haven't, you big losers. Get out of here. Yeah, so they leave. Good job they're gone, you big loser. So, loser Ricochet, what does it feel like losing last week to AJ Styles, you big loser? I really, Charlie tells them to F off so she can interview Rick. It really did feel yeah. that way. Uh, but they, um, Gallus and Anderson, uh, Rick said he would love another match with AJ, right? But at the yes. time, he's not going to make mistakes. And then Gallus and Anderson walk up to him. There's quite a few of these segments, so I was trying to remember which bit this was. Um, and they sort of joke around with him, and Rick says, look, I don't want any trouble. But I will defend this title wherever. I, for some reason in my notes, I might, I've got it down that Anderson was meant to have a match with him. That's what I thought this was all building up to. Mm. No, no, it was, it was Gallows and Anderson sort of stirring the pot, even though Ricochet was being very respectful towards AJ. But he was also saying, but I am the champion and I'll fight him any time. Gallows and Anderson went back to AJ and were like, you know what he just said about you? He was running his mouth. And crucially, that's not what the old AJ would have done. No. You know, back in the day in Japan, when we were, you know, b- better booked, <laughs> you would actually stand up for yourself. Yeah. So AJ awesomely goes round. And I know it's, I know I'm going to say he's, his character is based around being emotional and, and short tempered and he doesn't think him through. He's got a hot head. <laughs> to be honest, my bigger thing on this was that AJ, Gallus, and Anderson are having this conversation. And AJ's like, I'm going to have a word with this ricochet then. And I was like, I don't think you need to. He's literally run. He probably heard the conversation yes. you were having. Yeah, because it wasn't like another segment later on. <laughs> he just walks around. He, the d- and he just turns ricochet. around. <laughs> and there's ricochet. <laughs> How long have you been there? I've been practically here the entire <laughs> time. You have. Uh, and he goes to find ricochet. And this was this was really well done. AJ finds ricochet, challenges him, and then because Gallows and Anderson previously said the AJ we used to know would go up to him challenge him for the title and then slap him in the face AJ challenged him for the title Ricochet was like alright then and AJ just goes (laughs) (laughs) slaps him him. like a cat you know like when you look at a cat too much and eventually the cat's just gonna go meow Uh, it was like that and Ricochet looked back at him and went (laughs) 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 so yeah it was very well done really good Yeah. yeah Uh, then, unfortunately, we got Elias versus The Miz. 
Uh, Miz won the first fall immediately. Elias then won the second fall about a minute after that. If it was even a minute. Commercial break back for the final fall. And you just like, just, just have one fall. This is, as I said at the start of this show, this is the worst way to get around not having wrestling in ad breaks. It is actually probably, like you would probably go through a hundred other ideas before you got to this one. Because it's that rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, uh, number 100, you're like, oh, I think we've got another one yet. We've got another yeah. idea, surely. I Look, I, I am enjoying some of them. I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to say it's a blanket failure because I'm actually enjoying action, bell to bell. Maybe sometimes it's the second bell to the third bell. Bell to bell to bell. Bell to bell to bell. I'm enjoying the wrestling all happening in front of my TV eyes. That is wonderful, and I agree with you. But yes, I, I recognise that it is a problem, and, it, and it's it's jumped the shark by quite some margin now. Alvarez had the point, <clears throat> he mentioned this on Twitter, that he's given this no wrestling in the ad break thing three weeks, and all it's done is ruin potentially great main events. Mm. Um, well, I mean, this Elias <laughs> versus The Miz was never going to be a barnstormer. No, but you look at the AJ Ricochet thing, that's two yeah. weeks on the bounce now. They've had to come up with contrived reasons to turn 20-minute matches into... Okay, yeah, uh, seven minute matches. So the AJ Ricochet one, I, I get that they could have an amazing match. I say this is the one storyline it works in. Mm. Both of those restarts have been done to further the AJ heel turn. Last week it was Gallows and Anderson coming out and sort of interfering. AJ's like, no, we're going to restart this where you guys gone. This week plays directly into AJ getting annoyed because they, you know, what happens later on is Ricochet gets his foot under the ropes, referee doesn't see it, AJ wins, the, the match restarts. That's part of the fuel that turns him heel. Now, and and... I want to see the the proper Ricochet AJ match on a pay per view. You could have done those without the restarts of the match. You could, but if you cannot wrestle, <laughs> if you get, if you've got this thing, got this but you have to work yeah. around. I think this is the one storyline they've actually made it work in. Mm -hmm. Kind of. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Miz won overall with a figure four. Yeah. Of yeah. All things. It was quite a cool finish though. Elias went, you know. It was, it wasn't just a standard finish. It would, some thought had gone into it with Elias running into the ring post with the knee. Miz moves. Miz works over that body part to win. You say he works over that body part. Oh, yeah, he locked in the figure four yeah. on that body part and won, yeah. yeah. Then comes the Canalese. Yeah, take us through this then. I'll try. <laughs> so Mean Charlie Caruso is backstage and she's talking to Seth. Oh, I've written here, Seth wants to talk about how much money he earns. <laughs> okay. I've, you know when you just, it's, you could really, really like someone and then you they do something or you hear a story about them and you're just like, I can't reconcile this now. Yeah. Just and I know it was probably in frustration and and social media blows everything up anyway. But ever since Seth got back to Will Ospreay with, well, let's just look at my bank account. I just I look at him and I just think you're a knob, mate. Yeah, no, I, I'm. I can't boat, get yeah. past it. I, I hope I do because I do admire him as a wrestler. Yeah. But it's not helping that him and Becky do not work as an on-screen couple. Awkward comedy they had here. They can be shagging their brains out backstage off the product, for all I care. They have no romantic on-screen chemistry. Yeah, no. I, the awkward comedy does not help. 
They both look like they don't want to be doing this. That's because I don't think either of them want to yeah. be doing this. Oh, but it, someone did get in touch with us today that said they do really like our channel, but our constant jabs at Becky Lynch are getting too much. <laughs> are they? So, you, uh, yeah. more jabs at Becky Lynch. I'm jabbing at Seth Rollins! I know. I'm jabbing at the company. Here. Yes, yeah. Because it's the company that sort of like forced them into, into this position. I don't think either of them want to be doing this. And this terrible comedy isn't working. Are they so? Are they joking with each other? Because there was a point when she, Becky says, oh, "I advise you not to lose my belt," and Seth was like, "Well, I advise you not to lose my belt, and if you just do what I say." And then they go, "Uh oh, yuck, yuck, yuck." And I'm like, "Was he being serious? Was it a joke? I don't know because the delivery of it was so bad. I don't know what I'm supposed to think now." You've also got a situation where you're too top. Division champion, so the men's champion and the women's champion are engaged in one feud and one match, and they're treating it like a joke. There's no dramatic tension here. They're both very much of the opinion of, ha ha, this doesn't matter because we'll beat them anyway. We've beaten them twice anyway, so what's the, a third's not going to hurt us. So if they win, I don't care. <laughs> if they lose, they're crap. <laughs> anyway, that wasn't even the worst part of this segment. So, and you know what, like... This, this episode of Raw was overall fantastic compared to the drivel we've had this year. But this was stupid, yeah. this whole bit. So Seth and Becky are talking to uh, Charlie, and then Maria Canellis of all people, walks in. She's, and still, yep, she's still employed. I was like, oh, yeah, they re-signed yeah. last week, five-year deals. Maria Canellis comes in and says, you know, something like, I gave birth to a baby. Yeah, you may have beaten Ronda Rousey, but I gave birth. I pushed an eight-pound baby out of my uterus. It's a direct quote. Which is, yeah, that's sort of the, one of the other edgier things that Hey Man is probably responsible for. What, talking about uteruses? Well, it's just WWE don't usually do promos like that. It's, it felt like... I'm not sure talking about a uterus is edgy. It's not Would you call local medical one every minute edgy programming? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Maria just starts talking to Becky and Seth how they should have a match with her and Mike. He says... She says... Uh, you and your bitch can take on me, me and, and my bitch. And she said that you were, you're the only reason you're a universal champion is because Mike hasn't had a chance at you yet. Yeah. Uh, and, and Mike's there. Look, I I loved Mike Bennett. And uh, what was he? What was his nickname? Not the Prodigy, but it was something like that. Mike Bennett and Maria Canales in Ring of Honor was a great act. In Impact, they were a pretty good act, although it wasn't the serious level they were before. It was more of a comedy piece. But Mike Bennett, in my head, is still this pretty jacked guy. He he looked tiny here. And it's probably good because, you know, he's gone through a lot of health problems and he's, he's come through the other side of those addictions. But he is very, very lean. He is 205 Live shape, mm -hmm. which just jarred even more with, with this whole Seth and Becky thing. And... Yep, yeah, so so Mike is just Mike Canellis is getting buried. Oh, this was a one night burial of a man. And they have the actual match, an intergender tag match with Rollins and Lynch. Mike Canellis gets in there, he's beaten up by Seth pretty much all the time, doesn't go long. Becky tags in, which is cool, crowd pop, it's Becky against Maria, that'll be fun. Becky chases Maria, Maria grabs a mic. I'm pregnant, don't hit me. So I don't know why I did a lady's voice there. <laughs> Spot on impersonation yeah. of Maria Canellis. Lady, oh Maria, don't hit me. 
That's my. It's because that's my usual defence if I'm challenged in the street. <laughs> Don't hit me. Don't I'm hit pregnant. Me. You've got a beard, mate. I'm, but I'm pregnant. Beard. <laughs> Have you seen Junior? <laughs> and like, uh, and, and Mike Canellis is selling this like, oh my god, my wife's pregnant this is again. Great news. So I'm actually kind of there, like, oh, lovely. That's nice. We had like the Miz and uh, Maurice announce their pregnancy, and I was like, oh, that was a lovely moment. And then Maria, what does she say? She's like. Psycho. No, no, she says I'm pregnant. But then she says that uh, she's surprised because Mike isn't man enough to get her pregnant. And that's when then Mike taps out to the disarmer. Disarm person. Okay, disarm person. And then Maria said, I cannot believe you're the father of my children. You're a disappointment. Um, the, only man here to, uh, the only man here tonight is the man. And maybe next time I'll just ask Becky to impregnate me. Lesbian turn. <laughs> this is Paul Heyman 101. It's the LGBTQ <laughs> storyline they've been promising us for years. Um, this was, yeah, an absolute burial of Mike Canellis. Like, yeah, so all of the... All, all of the cuck and soy boy stuff that's thrown around on the internet, that's the, what effectively what WWE's booking department did here to Mike Canales. Remember when he debuted and JBL was like, he took her surname. Oh, that was that's one. That's my JBL yeah, impersonation, yeah. apparently. Oh, really? <laughs> well, one good thing was we did get to hear the power of love. On TV? In the, sorry, the greatest. Uh, I, th- I thought they were going to get a job or entrance and we're never going to hear the song. So I was actually thrilled was to hear it. So... The, the backstage reality of this is Mike and Maria Canellis reportedly asked for their release back in January. You know, in that week after the initial AEW launch announcement, January 7th, I think, off the it top of my head. It came shortly after the um, Moxley one, didn't it? No, no, no. It was way before. Was it, it was before? the same week as the Revival, That's uh, it, Hideo the revival. Atami, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the Canellis side. Yeah. And, and then, you know, like, they were the first wave of people who asked for their releases. Mike and Maria Canellis's contracts were up at the end of June. No, uh, end of, well, sometime in June. Yeah, Maria denied it, just like she denied they were leaving Impact. Yeah, and then they actually said themselves, our contracts are up in three weeks. Yeah. That's, you know, from Maria Canellis's Instagram account. Um, but bar, like, all of the very reputable news sources saying they, they, their contracts are up, they re-sign a five-year deal in the last two weeks. And this is the reward for you staying with WWE and not going elsewhere. W- and these aren't cheap. These are like half a million dollar contracts each over five years. And you spent that much money on them and you bury them. And what sort of a message is that going to send to the rest of your roster who are thinking, ah, should I go to aid? Should I leave and try my chances elsewhere? Should I stay with WWE? You've just given them another reason not to trust you when they're saying... Stick around. We're going to push you to the top of the brand. Blah, blah, blah. And there will be those who argue that this could be the start of a storyline where we're going to see a more serious Mike Canellis or maybe we'll actually get Mike Bennett. Mm. But this is not the, the this is not a solid foundation to build a meaner heel character on. No. Yeah, they've they've ruined him. This is like pretty much irreparable damage to him for a long, long time. And even if next week he does become this badass character, it's going to take months and months and months and months of very good booking to fix. Yeah, Very good booking that will likely be used on other people. That there is a finite resource of good booking in this company. Maybe it'll lead to something on 205 Live. Uh, That's what I think it will, yeah. Uh, Paul Heyman is doing a promo with Charlie Caruso next. Teasing that Brock Lesnar might show up. He said that Seth's had a tough night. I was like, has he? 
think he's Even all right. Seth mate. doesn't think he's out of touch. <laughs> Maybe on social media. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they have a look at my Money in the Bank briefcase account. Yeah, oh, it's not a very good joke. I thought it might. I thought it might work itself out. So well, Brock were Brock. Heyman was teasing that Brock might show up, and I was like, "Come on, mate! It's like 15 minutes left <laughs> in this show. You can't tease this now." Uh, but then the Street Profits show up instead, and they just continue to be charismatic. Great. Yeah. Lovely stuff. And they basically said, we're going now. See ya. And that was it. And they left. Yeah. And, and it, was a, it was a nice way to give the Street Profits. Uh, this was an example of giving someone the rub just by having them appear in a segment. With it, Paul Heyman. Yeah. It, sort of, it felt like it made them more legitimate. But it's okay because that means we can build to next week where they come out and then Lesnar can just come down and wipe them both out with some F5s. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll yes, over. That's, there you go. That's, that, that's the way to do it. Uh, we found where Roman Reigns is. He's in GQ magazine. Oh. And he's got a diet article in there. Yeah. Uh, dog food for the, for the big dog. <laughs> pedigree chum. Yeah. yeah. Then we got a moment of bliss. Ooh, and like even though there was one good one uh, going into stomping grounds with Bailey. It's not enough to stop that Pavlovian response in me. Yeah, I see the moment of bliss set, and I just want to cry. Yeah. Um, Alexa Bliss came out in her gear, and uh, <laughs> long story short, Carmella came out in her gear, and they had an impromptu match. It's like, Phew, good job you're in your gear then. The guest was Nikki Cross, by the way, Yeah, for, for the moment of bliss segment. Uh, Carmella won in seconds with a roll-up. Yeah. Break. Then Nikki Cross won in a few minutes. So the idea is Alexa Bliss is riding off Nikki's coattails and and they're going to do some friendship turn eventually. Yeah. We've seen it a hundred times before. I This isn't Nikki Cross's character. I've said it time and time again. This is the worst fundamentally booked story or told story in the company because it's letting story dictate character and not the other way around. So many sites are saying, well, it's actually a pretty good story. Like who? Cage-side seats are into it. Dave Meltzer was saying today, well, you know, it's a story. It always works. <laughs> Having And yeah, I've, I know I've seen a, the thing with Alexa Bliss three times now. Yeah. Um, so, yes. I, I think it's god-awful. And even if it is the case that Nikki is the one that's going to turn, and it's Nikki's going to reveal that she's been playing Alexa all along, what has she gained out of this? Yeah. Because all she's done is just earn someone else title shots. Which in case actually makes Nikki look like an idiot. Yeah. Everyone looks like an idiot here. Yeah. Uh, then we got uh, Drake Maverick backstage, the good kind of idiot, yes. who's about to go on his honeymoon. His wife goes to the toilet or something. And our truth is being chased by the usual undercard trying to get his title. Hides near Drake. Uh, Maverick sees him, hits him with the luggage. Wins the belt. He wins the belt. And Runs off for his honeymoon. Grabs Jasmine and says, do you trust me? And they got on a magic carpet <laughs> rise. Um, it was really good. I actually, I thoroughly enjoyed this lo- this show long storyline of the 24-7 yeah. title with Drake. Really good He's stuff. becoming my favorite thing on Raw. I'm excited to see what they do with the honeymoon. Oh, yes. I'm hoping. I'm hoping we'll get some skits. But the main event was a rematch from last week, but this one is now for the title, the United States title. Uh, we've already kind of talked about what happened, but AJ Styles hits a phenomenal forearm. A couple of minutes in, pins Ricochet. Ricochet gets his leg under the ropes in the last, like, count. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but the the match is awarded to AJ. Oh, but there's a that, then and then it goes to break, right? Yeah, Mike uh, runs down the other referee. Mike Cone runs yeah. down the father of Nicholas and says, "No, no, no, no! His foot was under the rope. We've got to restart the match." And they go to ad break and then they they restart the match. I I I really really hate when they do this because they don't do it all the time. It's not a consistent yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. There are times when there are <laughs> screwy finishes, but nothing ever gets... Like, the Samoa Joe arms up at um, Money, Money in the Bank? Where he had the arms up against With Ray? Rain, I can't remember. Like, where was the referee to run down and say, like, oh, that was bad officiating? Where was the bad officiating at WrestleMania when Becky won the belt, <laughs> even though Ronda's shoulders were, like, I don't know, on the other side of the ring? Um... So it's, if you're not going to be consistent with this, then you can't just do this on a whim. You can't be like, ah, oh, well, we need to do it this time because we need to get out of this no wrestling in an ad break nonsense. Yeah, it raises too many questions for other times they do this because yeah. it's a booking crutch. Uh, but they, I've, I've said my piece why I think it's, if you're going to do this, this is a smart way to do it because it builds AJ's heel turn. Because after a few more minutes, when we come back from commercial and the match is restarted, where the Ricochet and AJ have great in-ring chemistry. Yeah. I am excited to see the eventual proper match between proper them. Proper pay-per-view match, there lovely. There was a brain buster in there that looked pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, and the finish was Ricochet... Was it off a toy? It was off of something, but he, he flipped round AJ about several times and then rolled him up. It was a really good-looking pin. Yeah, it was a pin out of nowhere. Yeah. Which is really good, then, to build up a pay-per-view match. Mm. Uh, and Ricochet retains... AJ's looking at Gallows and Anderson, who are now out there at ringside, with with a really good facial expression. And AJ's not very good at acting, like, facially usually, especially in these promos, but I thought he nailed it here. And AJ stands up, shakes Ricochet's hand, Gallows and Anderson get in, and he's like, well, steady on, boys. And then he lamps Ricochet. Yeah. They beat him down. And I love that, because he turns around, he knocks Ricochet out, and then he turns back to Gallows and Anderson and just says, what are you waiting for? And then they start to beat him down as well. It was really, really cool. And then I'm, saying, I'm hoping this is going to be their version of the triple power bomb or mm. the Nexus 450 uh, from Justin Gabriel, which is AJ gets up onto the middle rope, Gallows and Anderson pass the opponent to him, and he gives them a middle rope styles clash. Yeah, Ricochet sold that so brilliantly. It was a it was a really really effective heel turn. And there was a nice line from Corey Graves as well at the end where he said. Well, it looks like being in Japan over the weekend has made them remember what they had before. Mm. Uh, it was, yeah, I, and and it's weird because I said, you know, the title of last week's Raw Wrestle Ramble is AJ turning heel. Is AJ turning heel. And I think we were both like, look, we're not saying it's going to happen, but the seeds are being planted. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, that's the, the next week it happened. Pro- probably too early, I guess. Uh, but they need a main event heel. That's why this is so good. Because Raw has no main event heels. You've got Drew McIntyre, you've got Bobby Baron Lashley, Corbin. Baron Corbin. Brock Lesnar isn't around. Just like, yeah, it's who is there? But now you've got a legit, I mean, you know, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, all these people don't feel like main eventers, unfortunately. AJ Styles with Gallows and Anderson as his seconds. Yeah. That's a great heel act. Really, really excited to see what they can do with this. And I think it was um, Sean Ross Sapp. Um, posted up on Twitter and said like do you know what at this point just turn Finn heel because he's doing nothing with the IC belt so you may as well turn him heel stick him with this group stick him with the club and the four of them can be together and then come January bring up the Undisputed Era and you've got Faction Warfare someone uh, a lot of people were sort of 
doing fake scripts for what was going down in the writer's room on Paul Heyman's first day. Mm. And my favourite one was, you know, like, the, the, the meeting starts, Paul Heyman walks in, we're doing the Bullet Club, you goddamn idiots! <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, it, it was that kind of cathartic level. Anyway, overall, I thought four out of five show. And that's not just a four out of five show by WWE standards. I think that, that would mostly be a four out of five show for usual, for like historically raw standards. I think that there were enough moments in the show to put this up to either a four out of five or a low four out of five for me. There was a, there was some bits in the show where I'm like, I'm not into this, I'm not into this, I'm not into this, and then you had the Mike and Maria stuff. But actually, the big moments, the stuff that you'll remember from the show, particularly that first hour and all the AJ stuff, I, are the stuff that's going to stay with me into next week. So thumbs up for that. <laughs> Let's get over to your su- su- super chat. We shall. Uh, but quickly, someone suggested that it will be the street experience by next week, which <laughs> I've liked good. very much. Very uh, Ryan B. Bad will start off as we rattle through these. Uh, well, looks like 205 NXT can use the wildcard now. Yeah, I mean, that's not the worst idea. They sort of have already. Yeah. Drew Gulek's been on NXT. Will Adams, uh, who's Luke Owens' number one fan, says the show started and ended amazing. Everything in between was dragged down by the Omni-Shane McCorbin. That was only a very small part of the show. Yeah, Yeah, two segments. Uh, Ace's Adventures, thank you for your donation. Thank you very much. Juarez says, uh, went to Raw last night. It was awesome. My first time ever. Yeah, it's another live report that said it was really good. Ryan B. Bad again says, best Raw in at least a year. Oh, I'd have I'd to go back and look. Yeah, certainly this year. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it is. It's the best Raw of the year, I would say. Oh, I could have title. <laughs> um, Tomo says, just hey, curious, guys, what was your favourite wrestling show that you attended? Love you guys. Hey, man. Oh, it's probably got to be a progress show, I'd say. Hello, um, Wembley was great. Hello, Wembley, yeah. Super oh, uh, I mean, the early days. Actually, screw that. Uh, Keith Lee, Tommy O'Reilly. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Epic. Uh, no, it wasn't Epic Encounters, was it? It was uh, Global Wars. And, and I think there was Global a show Wars. after that where it was Marty Skrull and Zack Sabre Jr. did their 45-minute PWG match. Yeah. That was good, too. Yeah, yeah. Super Strong Show last year was great as well. Mr. Fretz says the street experience or profit experience. There we go. It's already <laughs> nice. started. Nice. Uh, Devon Mercer says starting the show with wrestling. What an idea. Yeah. And it worked. Well, let's be honest. Wasn't really wrestling. That was a big angle. You you ran around the crowd and then, yeah, it was 18 minutes of lying. Uh, Zachary Marsh says, I know it kills Mike Canales, but I love that segment with Maria. Just so bonkers. Is she actually pregnant, though, or just storyline? She's actually pregnant, isn't she? I have no idea. I don't have any idea. It was was so bothering. I don't do Instagram, so I don't know. It it was just, it was the underlying thing of burying a guy who just re signed with you that I didn't like. Jobber JJ says, sports entertained, violence, swearing, pregnancy. <laughs> there you go. Paul hey, Heyman in a nutshell. <laughs> mm. Start recording says, I wasn't expecting to see Street Profits in the main roster before Shayna Baszler. I don't think anyone called them because they were the champions. No, I know. I mean, I've been calling for a Profits call up now for it feels like two years. But, not uh, now. <laughs> not yeah. now. You've just won the belts. You're finally getting a push there. Yeah. Brian F. says that that was the best opening segment of the year. Yep. Yeah, yep. Quite definitely clearly. agree. Spike Bite Gaming says you start a wrestling promotion and have the choice of WWE lower, lower mid card as your top guy. Who do you pick from the... Cesaro. 
Yeah, would you call him lower mid card? Yeah. Yeah. He was in a match with No Way Jose this week. Yeah! If anything, he's an undercard. The main event muscle men. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah, they'd like team together or something Mm. on main event or whatnot. Like him and EC3. EC3 and one more. But anyway, yeah, they called Bobby Roode. Yeah, I, I have seen this story. Yeah. yeah, it was him. Anyway, uh, yeah. So Cesaro, I guess. Um, so start recording. It says which three women in WWE and three men in WWE would you pick to spend two weeks with in the Big Brother house? Ooh. The Big Brother house. Uh, Braun Strowman seems like a laugh. Woods, Drake, Ember Moon, Drake Maverick, Ember Moon. Woods yeah. and Moon. I'm picking off the bat. Yeah. Uh, Becky does intimidate me. <laughs> Um, she she just voked me out first. Yeah, so I don't, and I want to try and win this. Um, Nia Jax, my best friend. Your best friend, Nia Jax, obviously. Drake Maverick. Kyrie you said, Sane, you said Drake, didn't you? I said Drake. Yeah. 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 Kyrie Sane seems like she'd be really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it should yeah. be it should be fun to hang around with. Cool. Yeah. And, yeah. and Keith Lee. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Frankie of course. Ray says Street Profits were a pleasant surprise. They really were. Really, really were. I was genuinely shocked when they came up. Adrian Welsh says, "When do you think we'll see the Bray Wyatt debut?" <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah, who knows? Emily. Lurking. Wasn't next week, isn't it, that he made his Raw debut? 8th of July or something. Well, that's what people You've got a saying. reminder on your watch. I was just there. checking what the date was because the date on my phone. Um, that's not your phone. <laughs> it is Mayan calendar to Bray. Um, oh, man, I'm good at talking, mate. No, yeah, people are saying like he debuted on a certain day on Raw. So like a Monday, a, a Monday, <laughs> and they uh, and so and it coincides. That's also next week as well. It's the same date. Cool. So maybe it's next week. Uh, Malloy the Bear and message retracted. Thank you very much for your donation. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, Ryan B Bad says, should we expect NWO to SmackDown now since we already have Monday Night ECW? I well, mean, we joked about it. Didn't we, we? we did joke because that's that's Bischoff's only idea he's ever had. So he may as well just do it again in the third promotion. Hopefully with the Undisputed Era. Uh, Adrian Garza says, how would you feel about Cedric Alexander joining the New Day? Also attended Raw. Dark match was Seth Rollins versus Corbin in a street fight. Lacey interfered. Becky run in. I suppose the question you've got to ask yourself is, why are you putting Cedric in the team? Yeah. uh, (laughs) I don't see the fit. No, no. character-wise. <laughs> Adrian Wells, thank you very much for your donation. Thank Barely you. Average Gaming says, no question, just want to say hi from your new $25 Pledge Hammer oh. pod swafters for the win. I thank saw you. you. Yeah, we'll I saw be you. doing a shout-out for you at some point. Yeah, when I was doing my reports this morning, I saw you in there. Mm. Rated R King 22 says, hello, everyone from the Bahamas. Ooh. Does the UK miss us? Lol. Quick question. <laughs> Seeing as they as how they dropped no wrestling during... Uh, the commercial breaks. Do you think they should bring back the second screen experience? Uh, oh, like with the shrink screen mm. that they do on SmackDown, which they still, which they're still doing on SmackDown. Mm. The shrink screen's actually a good way it's around. Better it. than better than what they're doing on Raw. It's better than two out of three falls. Yeah. Or restyle matches. Suraj Gadvi says, "Do they really need? Do they really need Street Profits on the main roster? Why not use AOP, Heavy Machinery, Viking Raiders properly? Vince might give them comedy act treatment." Ah, well, you see us with your Vince. We're not Vince now, are we? We're Paul Heyman. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's what's exciting, isn't it? That yeah. Paul Heyman's obviously picked these guys. Uh, I didn't say it actually. They they did. Uh, they they gave me a Public Enemy vibe, just the oh, way they okay. were walking yeah, yeah, around yeah. backstage, butting mm. in on stuff. Yeah. The ECW tag team, not the uh, rappers from yes. the 80s and 90s. Yeah. 
I was trying to think of a couple name for Vincent <laughs> Paul. Um, Adam Ulrich says, put the tag titles on Truth Maverick, where they keep pinning each other during defences for the 27 title, but always manage to re- retain the tag titles, leading to a new mega power explosion at WrestleMania. Yeah, but that would just make every other tag team look like absolute crap, because <laughs> you can't even beat two lads that are beating themselves. Um, I like it. <laughs> Tom Lee, thank you for all your yen. And V. Ola, thank you very much for your thank dollars. You. Thank you very uh, much. Sparks Entertainment says, in my opinion, WWE has kind of ruined Bray Wyatt already. By the time they, they're ready to debut him, I feel like people won't care and the hoop hype will be dead. I think that's a bit harsh. But I, I do, I, I partly agree in that there was a momentum to him and it was peaked two weeks ago. So why didn't you debut him then? You still got the, you know, the puppets in the background. It's not. That's a very tiny portion of people who are going to care or see that. So I, I, I think it's slowly being botched. Yeah. Bryant Hoyt says, "Word is Morella, Morella. I think he means Maria <laughs> is really pregnant. So why did her and her husband sign a five-year contract if she knew she would be out for for nine months beforehand? I mean, she's not on TV anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Well, also, then she's getting paid." Mm, getting yeah. paid not you're getting paid to not be on TV. That's true. Um RJ Calmerin says, uh, did Heyman save the US title scene? I think this is a continuation of the storyline that he yeah. was doing anyway. Uh, that they were yeah. doing anyway. And I, I would argue I mean I would probably suggest that might be not be one of the areas that Heyman's had his fingerprints on. Yeah, if anything, that's a triple H thing, especially the way he hugged Ricochet after the win yeah. at uh stumping grounds. Sean Turner says, I could have gone to WWE Dallas with a Bailey Sting poster, but I'd rather go to SmackDown rather than Raw. I can't stand Becky and Seth. Separate them on screen. On screen. I was say, yeah. Hopefully on screen, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Malloy the Bear 12 says, saw myself in Ollie's review of Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest. As well as my best friend and girlfriend in shots of Michael Nakazawa. I have a black and pink shirt and made my day. Support Wrestle Talk. And then he says, first time donating may become a pledge hammer. Oh, Sweet. great. Nice. I'm jealous you got to be there. Yeah, yeah. It was, like a, it was a really fun show. Raymond Jones says, the simplest way to make the shows feel different is having one of the cameras being the opposite way around, putting the hard cam on the other side. Yeah, but then you'd expose when you've got uh, terrible attendance. You like those Smackdown images last week. You just move. <laughs> just yeah. move all the audience around. We're going to switch in shots, guys. Move around. It wouldn't look that different. I don't think that's the big the big fix here. It would, ju- it would look exactly the same, but people would come out from the other side. It would look exactly the same. <laughs> um, what you could do I is like- just put it, I download a show, export it, or no, you get into there and just give it a little mirror yeah. image in, yeah. in Premiere Pro. Sean Turner says, people talk about the danger, dangerous chair shot at Fighter Fest, but people were perfectly fine with Orange Cassidy's devastating kicks <laughs> at Double or Nothing. I, I mean, know. They, they are harsh. It's, a, it's, a, it's hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Aaron Watson says, Hello from Tampa, Florida. Listening live at work on the Hello. job site where it's currently 90 degrees Oof. at 10 a.m. Love you guys and keep it up. And it's about it's, 36 Celsius. I think it's about 90 Fahrenheit. degrees in this room. Hmm. Um... 32, sorry. Um, Wilson Simon says, I was at Raw. Y'all mentioning the Raw crowd makes me feel special. Has been a rough few months. Uh, My dad died and my long-term girlfriend broke up with me on my birthday. The one thing that made me happy was you. Well, we're glad we can do that. We're very sorry about your dad uh, and and your girlfriend. Yeah, Um, that sucks, dude. 
but yes, keep going, keep going. You'll come out of this stronger. You will. Charles Hall says, just joined the stream, but did you guys cover Grave Screaming Holy Poo when Lashley and Stroman went down? Yes, we did. No, no, we never mentioned Um, that. (laughs) I didn't even see it. Brian Ordonez Hmm. says, do you all think the WWE's great show in Dallas have anything to do with the G1 starting on Saturday? Also, I thought the live show experience was pretty good. Oh, so another person who was there live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think it's anything to do with the EG one. Oh, and by the way, we've had 5,000 people watching this stream, which is our most ever for a uh, Raw review. So oh, thank you very great. much to everyone. Well done, Paul. Sean Turner yeah. hey, says, uh, what are you talking about? It was Randy that killed Braun and Bobby in an invisible low ride. <laughs> um, watch today. He's going to brag about and ask for a title shot. Yeah. Mm. Out of nowhere. I don't know where. DJ Fob says, do you think the injury angle Lashley versus Braun was a jab at AEW Cody's injury? No. Oh, Braun's I, apparently injured. So. Oh, I did, um, I did note that when it came back to Michael Cole, now WWE does everything it can to ensure the safety of its performers. Take that, AEW. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, yeah, I don't think it was a, a shot at them, though. Um, great name coming here. Big Butter Jesus Mobile Gaming <laughs> says, uh, any chance Joe has of taking the title off Kofi? What, yeah, what are the chances? Uh, no, because I think you're going to build up uh, Joe as a real dominance uh, heel going into the match and then Kofi uh, again. Because the story they're saying is that I can't believe he's still got the title. And he'll lose it at SummerSlam. Yeah, he'll lose it at some. Yeah, uh, I think if he's going to lose, he's going to lose it at SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm almost starting to get on this, this train of thought now that he... Brock's going to cash in on him because mm. Kofi keeps like Co- Corey's on this tear at the moment of just being like I can't believe that Kofi keeps retaining but this dream has got to end at some point yeah. soon mm. so what crueler way to do and that is like to have Brock steal from him six weeks of Brock before Fox starts I guess yeah. Dark Phoenix not, not 86 thank you for your Mexican money um, Michael Gracias. Dominguez says I'm going to Smackdown in San Antonio baby I guess it's tonight AT&T Center Christian Baltimore and Shane Gensler thank you very much for your donations Sean Turner back in again saying will Vince ever be desperate and call up Vince Russo I said this this is my bold prediction Vince Russo is back in the company by the end of the year because Vince McMahon that is is on a Rolodex at the moment of the people that he used to work with it's like Pritchard didn't work Uh, Heyman will he work no he's not worked Uh, Bischoff no he's not worked Uh, Russo's next I guess we're just going going through this Rolodex so we find he's going to dig up Stan Mushnick eventually and get him to run the promotion Shane Gensler thank you again for your donation Ben Morris says why do we think this restarting matches crap is good or not we sorry WWE Uh, bring back the boring rest holds love from Australia yeah, it's not. It's not working. There is, there is a much better way of doing it, yeah. and this is not it. Nathan Michael, thank you for your generous donation. KJ, thank you. KJ, that's it, KJ, sorry. Uh, it says, get Bischoff, Hogan, and Russo on the booking team. That'll make SmackDown great again. Will it? We're back. <laughs> Does it, has everyone forgotten TNA? <laughs> has everyone forgotten TNA in 2010 when it was unwatchable? Yeah. Ruben, sorry, Ruben... George says nothing, but thank you very much for your double donation. Thank you. Paul Pierce says, I'm starting to think AW versus WWE is a work. Come on, Paul. <laughs> Vince Russo is oh, writing Vin- for Paul. Yeah, Vince Russo watches WrestleTalk <laughs> Confirmed. Mm, hangman AJ Wilson says, Ricochet and the Prophets versus the club at Extreme Rules. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah a little six like man. Yeah, that. be nice. Uh, KJ says, how do you know WWE had a pay-per-view called Fatal... No, sorry, you know how... They had a <laughs> fatal four-way. They could do a pay-per-view called two out of three falls. No, no. But then we get that anyway. Pay-per-view is singles match. Mm, that's true. <laughs> 
Bryant Hoyt says, if ad breaks Seems are an nice. issue, <laughs> if ad breaks are an issue, why not use time limits like NWA TV title Arn Anderson 80s era style? Yes. Wouldn't that solve That's the issue? Great. There it Ten is. Ten minute time, time limits. limits. That, that yeah. solves the problem. Um, will or just do like a longer time limit, but they don't have to go that long. Um, will Hate says, "Give me your best Shane Douglas chuckle." I don't know what that is. Mm. Oh, that's from Wrestlemania. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> was that the uh, Destination X 2011 review? Yeah, because he was backstage interviewer. Oh no, maybe it wasn't that one. Maybe it was, it was a different earlier. TNA one. Yeah, it was a backstage interview. It's just going. Tim Arndt says, booking idea, the lights are out in Drake's bedroom and we hear one, two, three, lights come on and Drake's wife and the ref sprint out of the room. Nice. Thanks for the, thanks for, and then, cause thanks for the idea, Tushki, because I think someone else suggested it. I was going to say, I can see them being more like you have Drake in bed and he's just like, time to consummate this marriage and then turn the lights off and then he turns it back on and Truth's in yeah. bed instead. That's what and I was then, exactly uh, about to say. Truth yeah. pins him for the belt. Um, Ivan Drago Drago says, does WWE have the upper hand on AW following Cody's botched chair shot and the last night's Raw being as good as it was? Mm-hmm. Look, Raw was very good. <laughs> but but it on. wasn't as good as Fighter Fest. Yeah. E- even with botched spots, the, the Fighter Fest was was another level. Yeah. yeah. Flint Mech says, Becky and Seth's relationship being used on uh, as an on-TV story sucks. Uh, they're not a prior established couple like Ms. Maurice, Jimmy, Naomi. <laughs> anyway, um, they're supposed to be badass baby faces. No chemistry. It really hurts Becky's character. I feel like that's been the mission of 2019 is let's hurt Becky's character. <laughs> yeah. Sir Kate Sun, C8 Sun, says, the love the channel, fellas. Hey, man, this role was a lot better than it has been. Sure. Mm. Oh, was that sorry? <laughs> just Raw's been better than it oh, has Raw's been. Oh, Raw's been, yeah. yeah. It was. Uh, James De Jesus says, here's two bucks, go nuts. Oh, thanks, mate. Hey. Um, Gonna buy a Snickers. Jim Arndt, Double Decker. Jim Arndt says, these Street Profits appeared on a main roster show. I am scared. No, I didn't, I didn't have that sense of dread this time. Like you said earlier, I didn't have the... Let's see. Yeah. Uh, Ronce, optimistic again. Ronce Rahan says a triple donation, but one message says, "Have you heard Raw's new tagline? The one week a night Raw and SmackDown go head to head in direct competition." Give it time. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's been for a while now. Sean Turner says Brock should appear, not cash in, but laugh at Seth for his small bank account, yet working less than he does. Also, the small thing in Seth's panties. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, but he's got a big bank account. Mm. Mr. Goatee says, I think they're going to make Mike the modern day meat, but less sucky, fighting for his abusive wife's approval, keeping the theme for juxtaposition. And what a star meat turned into. So, you know, it's got precedent for working. Anton H says, Finn joined the club is my Hogan heel moment. Yeah, that'd be great. It's not uh, quite a Hogan heel moment, but um, you know. yeah. But still, that's what I want to happen. Elizabeth Mazzora says, everything you summarize makes me cringe hard, especially the Canellis Eye part. Also, I definitely agree that Alexa Nikki is a terrible angle. How can anyone like that? Uh, when you were saying that, I remember Greg last week, we were... Yes. yes. Oh, God, yeah, Greg liked it as well. One of the writers on the site, yeah. He was really behind it. Really behind it? Behind yeah. it. Behind Genuinely. Every single storyline, he loves it. Anyway, Hartley Reaper says, I prefer evil ways A-W-A-J, but the Bullet Club is cool too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Luke is finally turning a corner with a 24-7 belt, says Jobber JJ. Uh, it's had one week, mate. 
I thought you liked it. You've, you've liked I've, it. I've, I've liked bits and bobs. I've I, I still argue yeah. that it's a meaningless title. Oh, it is, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I, and I think that's what Jobber JJ is referring right. to. But it's, it, is, it is a meaningless title, but it has had some fun comedy mm. stuff. Yeah. Uh, Shaquille Mel says first super chat for me love the content didn't WWE at one point do this thing where the network was the second screen during commercials they did it on the app I think pretty sure they did that like you, you'd have the app yeah, open at the same time it, so you could then watch the commercial breaks during the app Hartley Reaper says ECW return about time <laughs> no we, we thought that in 2006 and what, what happened t- there it returned on Saturday night at Fighter Fest <laughs> Jordan Price says, "Big fan, guys. Keep the good work. Do you think the brand split should end? Yeah, I mean it, it already has. has. It has. It yeah. has. Ethan Robertson, nothing. Thank you very much for your donation. Thank you. Jonathan Berube, Berube says, "Would you would have been so nice to have them sell the LED boards being out after the explosions, like they did for the Viking experience? Yeah, LCD boards." Um, well, we did, we said that as well uh, earlier that we wish the whole set stayed yeah, dark that's it, for, yeah. for the entire episode. Yeah, because as it stands, it's just like a, a tiny door was missing. Abraham is now at the point where I've actually forgotten what they're supposed to be because we've been joking so much about this LCD LED. I'm pretty sure it's LED. Abraham Penner says Heyman versus Bischoff. See who can increase the ratings more. Bischoff's got a bigger uphill struggle. He's got, to, he's got to like get to three million. He's got to rub off the stink that uh, SmackDown is the B show. Mm. C eleven says been... being Bischoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why they put him on there because it's B for B yeah. show, B for Bischoff. C eleven says been watching since 2017, but have mainly become a pod swafter over the last year. First super chat ever. Just to say I love you guys so so much. Thank you for everything. Thank oh, you, thank man. you, thank very you much. Enjoy the uh, exclusive intros and outros for the podcast. Mm. My favourite part of this uh, job. Really? Yeah, oh. I love the intros and outros. We have seven more. Uh, D says, in my opinion, Kofi is more over as champion than Seth Rollins. That is why WWE is promoting his relationship with Becky. Brock cashes in on Rollins. Makes sense. But Yeah, I, I mean, the Rollins-Lesnar feud seems to be a, a more natural fit. But, yeah. yeah. Mike Dempsey says, eat me. Hey, it's Thanksgiving Day. Uh-huh. I also don't know. But that's what he said. So thank <laughs> you, Mike. Um, Michael Dominguez says, NXT call-ups won't stop, but which one do you want to see? Another NXT call-up. I think you could bring in Matt Riddle as part of a Paul Heyman era. Oh, if if Riddle's going on to any show, it, it bloody better be a Heyman show. Yeah, I do yeah. not want him on a Bischoff show. It could be really good. Yeah. Um, Tomo, Tomo says, I just realized that Datsun and I have the same shirt. Well, we are. We both have very, well, my mum's got good fashion sense, apparently. Um, well, she buys Tomo's shirts as well. <laughs> yeah, she does. Really. We've, we've become very close. Um, Christopher DeLander says, the outlaw ace here, the club reunion, is a good thing. It yes, is. Yeah, very much should, so. It should always have been a thing. Yeah. And then it'll be disbanded in the autumn when they leave. Um, <laughs> Mike Dempsey says, if you could change one thing to make this the best of both worlds, what would it, it be? <laughs> Separate rosters. No, they should play that song at the beginning of every show. Oh, yeah, I miss oh. that song. They play it occasionally. Do you know what? When I was in Peru, they actually were still playing those commercials. On WWE programming? When I was in like I was in bars and stuff, and they would have like sports shows on, they would have like the, the Best of Both Worlds advert still playing. One treat. I know, every time I get it, I would just catch my mind, I'd be like, it's AJ in a booth. This is going to be... This is going to be... Phenomenal. phenomenal. That's it. Um, phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for more, uh, Jobber JJ says 24-7 Championship is the best title on the main roster. I just need to 
for him because he's a job. It's fun. It's, it's fun. It, yeah, it's meaningless. Caleb Maldonado says Wrestle Talk is the best. Wrestle Talk number one. Woo! Yeah, thank you very much. God, remember that was over as a thing. Mm. Ben Morris says, first time I heard my name on a live chat. Pledge Hammer, here I come. Nice, yes. mate. Good work. And lastly, Marcus Roman says, I would like to see a segment Street Profits and The New Day together. Yeah, that would be really fun. Yeah. Both very good promos uh, seem naturally Charisma. witty. But I would like to see it on the YouTube channel where the writers aren't involved. Mm. Yeah. So you missed the magazine show, and because you are, I think you said um, anyone who listens to it is a filthy mark, and you're just exploiting them for money because um, it's a Patreon mailbag thing. Oh no, that that's only NXT. That's strictly NXT no, that's TV. Not what you told me. That's not what you told me in uh, in in private. Tell me more about that titty bar you went to. <laughs> Didn't go to one. <laughs> Uh, we had this email in from Joe that I thought you'd be very interested in. This is from Joe Madalena. It says, hey, everyone, at WrestleTalk, even what? Andy. J- Joe what? Joe Madalena. I just feel like you mumbled his name to, to, get, to get through having to pronounce it. But she does actually say... Joe Madalena. She does say... <laughs> we were doing that yesterday on the... Um, Oh, man, on the Fighter Fest review, but I can't bloody remember why now. Oh, that'll come to me eventually. Anyway, Joe's email says, Last night I was listening to your weekend ramble, and I was shocked by hearing that only 3% of your listeners were female. And I'm glad to say, as the part of that 3% minority, I'm a huge fan of WrestleTalk, and admittedly, I did come across your YouTube channel by accident. She sort of goes on and talks about how she got in for, for Wrestle League. Um, so as one of the few women listeners, it may shock you to know one thing. And this is where I thought I would... I'm, I'm glad that Andy's here. One, your talk of Splashback is totally disgusting. To me, as I mostly listen to your podcast while cooking dinner. Okay. Yes. So I Noted. I'd I I bring not, that up. It's not something I want to go back to. No. But, I, you know, the toilet debates are something we should all address. Mm. Uh, you know, we've done it ourselves with where we stand at the urinal. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, the other thing, actually, she mentioned in her email that I thought you might find interesting is that um, she doesn't particularly like Becky Lynch, but she does love Lacey Evans. She actually thinks that Lacey Evans is way better. Oh, she's mm. objectively wrong. <laughs> I, I have solved the splashback. So uh, Randy, go. no one asked, mate. Joe's <laughs> cooking dinner, Andy. Now that I'm 24, I have solved it. And then this is Randy's way of just bringing up the fact that it was his birthday over the weekend and no one's mentioned oh, it Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. I'll stop. We got you a oh, card. What? I don't, you don't need to go on about it. What did you get? Uh, I got some uh, money to go towards a holiday. Uh, I got some replica new, wand, some new football boots. Um, I got myself a Nerf a Vortex so I could throw it really far. Uh, I heard about your escapades with that Nerf Nortex. I'm calling it a Smurf over the weekend. So, um, but yeah, but no, to, just, to fill in the blanks there, if you haven't heard, <laughs> just bits and pieces. Andy threw a Nerf. Missile, you know, the, those little missile things, like a tiny rugby ball that's aerodynamic. So incredibly far last week that I cannot stop thinking about it. I've never seen Pete get so competitive. When he found out that you threw it really, really far, he was like, how far? How far? Where, where, where from? Where from? I'll do it. I'll do it. And he didn't. He threw it as hard as he could, and he made it 70% of the way, Max. I People literally... Four times the size of you. I was not. They could have it. eaten four of you. They they couldn't throw it as far. I was not throwing it as far as possible because I don't want to hit the house. I had to stop him. Yes, <laughs> I said. I said, Andy, stop throwing because I'm worried you're going to break 
the earth. Well, I, yeah. yeah, but on, on Sunday for my birthday, we went down the park briefly and I threw it from behind one football goal over the other To Buckinghamshire. Goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which is about 90, 200 metres. Um, so, I think... I, it's all technique, not about strength. As you can see, I'm not a big man. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, all technique. Yeah, we, yeah, we figured that, yeah. Mm. Uh, should we have an email? We're, I feel like we've had an email for, for a while. So well, I we were catching up last week because you got back from Peru. That's so, right, I did. So um, I haven't been able to do the email stuff. Absolutely. Let's uh, have this one. This comes in from Limps, who says, Hello, Oil, Luke, El Fakador, Chopper Pete, Housemate Simon, and the rest of the SWAF Nation, even Randy. I've got to mention him. What um, about Ham? Like ham. Uh, well, this might have come in before that. June okay. 10th. So that might be just pre-ham, pre-ham, <laughs> the pre-ham era of the <laughs> podcast. Oh, on the podcast thing, I do apologise if you uh, or one of the people who went, uh, thought that the uh, audio quality was a little lesser yesterday. It was a, an error in the export. I've re-upped it now, so if you wanted to re-listen to it with better audio, um, the audio that you're actually used to hearing on this show, you're more than welcome to do so. What actually happened, Luke's, uh, Luke's too careful to say, is that WWE hacked our podcast <laughs> feed because we were talking about AEW and distorted the audio slightly. There's also that as well. Um, so, anyway, this comes in from Limps. He says, you could see me as Tomo, Tomo, Tomo. As number two fan in the YouTube space. Cheers, you beautiful Aussie man. Sending super chats, probably worth jump change during your live stream. I watch at night during an extremely tiring day at work. I'm listening to the podcast if I can catch up on what continues to fascinate me, like what I said a few months back, is how you would want every wrestling character and story in WWE to make sense, not just a product or creative crunch time. The exact opposite, of course, is of what, is what we're seeing, and that just makes WWE lame. In your words, contrived, ludicrous, abysmal. I can understand why Ollie can't help himself to slam the table. I'm extremely stressed out with the product as much as I feel stress at work. NXT is WWE saving grace, and I can't blame you for not caring. But to still talk about an unwatchable show on your channel is worth appreciating. So, as promised previously, I decided to become one of your awesome pledge hammers. Although the dollar amount is only enough for my name to scroll up into your stomachs in the YouTube Uh end credits, it still makes me, uh, still makes the cut as you produce top notch wrestling content and really hopefully put on a wrestling show of your own and support a new wave of wrestling that will change this hell of a WWE mess. Just so you know, WWE may be consistently lame, but you guys are consistently awesome. Thanks for taking one for the team and watching extremely bad wrestling and adding up to the positives in my daily affairs. All you are uh, all the best there and over at Screenstalker, stay swaft supporting WrestleTalk from the Philippines, Limps. Hey, thank He's you, Limps. Part of the Wrestle League now as well, I spotted his name. Oh yeah? yeah. How did he do? Uh, I, I can tell you in a, in a couple of minutes. Should I should I give my thoughts on Fighter Fest because we haven't really spoke about it on the podcast? Well, you said it was for filthy marks. I loved it. Great show, right? I even the so the only things I didn't like w- was the librarian stuff. Really, mm-hmm. everything else won me over. Like even the chair shot, snowflake. Even the chair <laughs> shot, I it, it doesn't offend me. Yeah, the thing, I, the problem I had with that was that it wasn't even a good story. <laughs> if it was a good, well-built, months down the line story oh, where they'd established tie, you weren't listening. He said he's a good hand in an episode of Being the Elite. Oh, okay. Well, that makes it all worth it, yeah, then, doesn't it? It's worth it. Yeah. But yeah, I loved. Good God, that I keep on using it. I get this picture up. Um, the guy's face. The guy's face. So, do you know, he's an NXT regular. This guy. Yeah, he's an, I was actually oh. I was talking to him on Twitter yesterday <gasps> because I posted up I took the exact same screenshot and I posted it up on Twitter and a few people tagged him in it and ended up chatting to him because he's an Everton fan. 
Um, he's the guy at every NXT show, you'll notice, at an Everton uh, thing. And he actually seems like a genuinely lovely bloke. So he, he's the guy that reacted when uh, Darby, Darby Allen, Allen did, did a trustful, yeah, onto the, onto the apron. Yeah. Painful. And it's just, it's just like a split-second reaction from this guy. And I thought, that's, that's what Kevin Dunn dreams of getting. Yeah. This is, for me... On par with Undertaker, shock face guy. Yeah, if you don't know, it's on my uh, my Twitter. If you want to go and che- uh, check it out, the guy's name's Kyle. Because basically, when I posted it up, everyone was just like, "Not now, Kyle." It's very <laughs> good. Um, let's have this last email here before we get out. Uh, this is a quick thank you from Vacant, who says, Evening all except Randy Andy. I've chosen to keep this vacant as I believe it's stupid. Around two to three weeks ago, I became really scared of what happens when you die. I can't shake the feeling of what happens. Is it dark or quiet? Or does it just end? Is It just? Uh, it was just terrifying to me and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Anyway, so why I'm emailing. I've, sent the la- <clears throat> Sorry, I've spent the last two days being upset and being sick whilst having you guys on in the background. You calm me down and allow me to relax and sleep when I don't feel like I can. So thank you for helping me without even noticing. Your friend, Vacant. Ah, thanks, Vacant. Thank you very, very I, much. I for also your sometimes think about that, and it is terrifying. So I, I completely, completely understand where he's coming from. Uh, Limps, by the way, is on 13 points, having done two shows. He did Stomping Grounds and Fighter Fest. Fest. So that means he would have, he's got about 13 out of 20. So that's just above average, we say. Do you see who's one point behind Pete now? You? Yeah. Oh, wow, what a comeback. a comeback. I mean, yeah. Simon is miles behind everyone, though, but he, is he going to be able to get out of it? Cause he, He's kind of excused himself yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it is between you and... I mean, it, it, Pete's been dropping and dropping like a stone. So Yeah, plus I've got Impact coming up this weekend. Uh-oh. Just, but that was, and that, that show saved me in um, uh, WrestleMania season. That, that, was the, that was the show, because I was completely tanking at that point. That's the show that brought me up, and uh, we tied mm. on points in the end. Well, so... But it was Extreme Rules this year. Sorry, this season that you did really well on. Was it? No, it was Stomping Grounds. Oh, Stomping Grounds, Stomp- that's it. The one that you're on holiday for that you just randomly selected stuff. I was just stuff. picking names. I yeah. was picking names. I picked any name and I thought, what's the worst thing this company can do? Or what's the most boring thing this company could do? Because actually worst is, a, is, a, is very harsh. What's the most boring thing they could do in terms of who the special guest referee is? And I picked Elias. Turns out they somehow but you did got you worse. got nine out of nine on the actual match predictions. Yeah, and that's it. And I think um, someone made the point is that because like I tend to just think, well, here is a here is a storyline logical reason as to why this person might win. And actually, the best thing to do is just pick names at random. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think that's wise uh, because you don't want to go completely at random because they will be boringly predictable sometimes. Mm-hmm. For example, the Money in the Bank kickoff show. My sound logical reason for picking Daniel Bryan and Rowan to beat the Usos is like, well, they just won the SmackDown Tag Team Championships and they can't really do a feud out of it. So what would be the point of the Usos winning? The Usos won and there's like, well, that puts them in line for a SmackDown Tag Team Championship shot, which was never followed up on. Yeah. And I got burned by that. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ollie, did, Ollie, Ollie you did very well on, uh, on Fighter Fest. Did I? Yeah. What did I get? You got, you got eight. Ooh, and so actually, I guess the only one was Cody going to a time limit draw. Which is what we couldn't uh, pick. No, yeah. And you said Yuki Sakazawa. Sakazaki. Oh, when it was Rio. Uh, yeah. They were both so cool. And uh, the Darby Allen-Cody match was my favourite, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was really, incredible. It was really, really good. I can't remember what I said. I might was the six-man tag. Out of that roster, two shows in, 
I would never have believed I would say my Cody Rhodes match is the favourite out of both. In both of them. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we were sort of talking about this yesterday in the review, which I highly recommend you go and listen to because it was, uh, was very, very good. Um, but, oh, man, I was going to make a point. I completely forgot what it was. Now it's just escaped me. I think I might just I might bail out on this story. I think it was going nowhere anyway. Cool. I know. Well, we should get on with the on the show. Well, no, the, we've already done that bit. We now need to end the podcast and set up yes. the actual show. This yes. Is the outro. Yeah. This is the outro exactly. Uh, so we're going to go. Oh, into... I literally meant we should get on with the show. <laughs> it's about to start yeah, it's in about three, to start minutes. three minutes. Three minutes. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for the SmackDown review. Uh, no Bischoff changes on that show by all accounts. That won't be until after Extreme Rules. But, you know, we'll see, I guess. You just wait till the NWO turn up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, if, if Matthew's uh, right, it's just that Sid's going to show up and squash everyone. Because <laughs> that's the Eric Bischoff playbook. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.